Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The Red Tops today call it a reign of terror, R-A-I-N, and I'm not talking about uh, COVID or coronavirus or presidential elections. I'm talking about the weather. Met Aaron issuing status orange wind warnings for seven coastal counties as Ellen moves in across the country uh, tomorrow. And this isn't any kind of a false alarm now. This is going to be a very, very windy and wet couple of days from, uh, you know, late tonight. So bear that in mind. There is confusion, much of it, um, with regards to uh, the reversal of our fortunes regarding uh, coronavirus and, and uh, lifting of restrictions. We've taken a fairly few steps back. Mind you, uh, I can only find in all of the papers, and I've been through them all this morning in quite some detail, I only found one paper that, that refers in passing to a form of cocooning for the over 70s. I will come back to this in a few minutes' time and go through the different measures. Um, you're probably aware of them, but it's no harm um, recapping again and getting your thoughts on it. Text 0868104106. So the echoes lead this morning as confusion over new COVID plan. Measures include advice in particular for the over 70s. Martin warns of critical moments ahead. Um, and Leo Varadkar ain't too happy with the way that Fianna Fáil are doing business. Uh, Fianna Fáil have gone on a bit of a solo run and somebody within Fianna Gael has said, if this is the way they're going to continue, um, I don't see this coalition lasting for much longer. Uh, there's tension in the cabinet uh, because, um, you know, I, I just feel as if uh, Fine Gael feel to, they're, they're left out of it. Mind you, if I were Fine Gael, I'd like to be left out of this, really, and, you know, not to have to shoulder any of the blame or the criticism uh, so we'll come back to the actual items involved but the headlines say fear we go again that's the front of the mirror today fear we go again spectators banned uh, from sporting events home alone is the front page in the star they hone in on the over 70s being told as best you can to stay indoors and um, we are all being asked now to avoid public transport you know about the sporting and, and social events uh, that's all gone for burton Mind you, um, you know, weddings are, are left alone at uh, at 50, uh, but you can't go to um, a spectator sport. Uh, guards will get powers to shut pubs, but bizarrely, my understanding of that is that none of that will happen until the middle of September. Isn't that weird? Like it's going to be a month before they can even start talking about changing legislation to allow the guardie to go in and shut a pub or go in and shut a restaurant or go into somebody's house party. Why? Well, because the doll is on holidays. Over 70s told to stay put, front of this morning's uh, mail. Um, and that's, I think, the paper where I found a reference to a form of cocooning. But the over 70s feel very much as if they're being punished for the actions of others, according to campaigners for the elderly. And the mail tells us that really, why, and you know, campaigners are saying, why are the elderly bearing the brunt of restrictions when we see images of reckless partying surfacing at the weekend? Like three in four cases, there's 190 new cases yesterday, and three quarters of them were in the under 45s. If you average out the last week or so, we've had 160 positive cases per day with seven people in ICU. So avoid public transport if at all possible, they're saying. There are other stories making the papers today that aren't necessarily COVID related. Doesn't make it any easier for the Debenhams workers who yesterday were protesting for 131 days and they took their protest to KPMG. Also yesterday on a day when we heard of 7,000 job losses at Marks and Spencer's. Many of the papers talk of um, the leaving certificate results. Sonic Galera, the Sinn Féin education spokesman, 
was on this program yesterday morning and he makes many of the papers today. He's calling for clarity. He did so on the air with us. Uh, regarding the calculated exam grades model because students want assurances, according to the ECHO, that their results won't be downgraded because of the school they're in or the area that they live in. So I told you about the 7,000 jobs with regards to Marks and Spencer. The Mirror says that 2,000 of those jobs uh, are in Ireland uh, and they're safe uh, because Marks and Spencer are going to cut jobs in the UK. So it's bad for the workers there, but at least it's some consolation for those here. The elderly make the papers in other ways. This morning because of nursing homes and I have to say not, it's not necessarily all elderly people who are in residential care but there's been two nursing homes now uh, in the southeast and a hospital in Limerick uh, that have uh, come out and said they've confirmed that they've got uh, COVID cases. It may well be staff though as opposed to as opposed to residents. It's a story that broke on Wexford local radio yesterday. And then flood relief for West Cork, and rightly so, because they need money to help them get back to business and help them open their shops and homes again. And then you know the story we heard from Galway Bay. Well, a seven-year-old boy, according to the examiner, floated a kilometre out to sea on an inflatable dinghy yesterday, and he was rescued by a holidaymaker who saw the boy in distress on the shore. It's a lad called David Finn from Cork. He was at Smerrick Beach outside Dingle yesterday on a family holiday when a gust swept the little boy's dinghy away from his parents and out into the harbour. Mind you, they got him out fairly quickly. Thank God. You have to be very careful with all sorts of crafts that can be put on the water these days, whether they're paddle boards or inflatable dinghies or what have you. Stories also on the papers today involve um, a couple of other stories that are non-COVID related. One is years and years and years and years ago, if you brought a bottle back to a shop, uh, you got money on it. It was fantastic, particularly for kids who go out and about and find bottles and bring them back and make extra pocket money. That's going to come back to some extent with regards to plastic bottles. It'll be great now for people who find them and bring them back and get money, but not for people who have to buy the plastic bottles in the first place, because the idea is that um, you get a deposit, you get 22 cent back for every plastic bottle that you bring back, but you have to pay it first to get it back. Yeah, So you'll be talking about extra money on the product that you're buying in the first place. But having said that, there are 200,000 tonnes of plastic in the Atlantic, it's a tiny little bit less now because I'm wearing sea uh, plastic runners, but 200 th- tons of the stuff. There's a fabulous story making the echo today. It's in Tom McSweeney's Maritime Column. We have to an extent our own equivalent to Fungi the Dolphin uh, in West Cork. And his name um, is Boomerang. He's a male humpback whale. And he was first seen off the West Cork coast in 2001. And he comes back every single year. And he has just returned, this gentle giant who has a graw for the cork, as they say in the echo today. He's just returned to West Cork for his holidays yet again. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if a Boomerang moved here full time and from time to time came up Cork Harbour? We would beat the socks off the fu- off Fungi the Dolphin with Boomerang if he'd hung around, wouldn't we? The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to Tesco. All right, those are the colour stories and uh, funny stories in the papers, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. I don't know how many of you are watching and following that wild boar story out of Germany at the nudist camp. If you're not, don't touch that dial. I'll tell you all about that boar a little later on um, because uh, he's back in the news again. But back to the events overnight. Michal Martin, of course, um, made the announcement with regards to the reintroduction of some restrictions last evening. We were expecting uh, some changes. I don't think... We were expecting quite so many. Have a listen. We are significantly tightening key restrictions for the next three and a half weeks to September the 13th. 
Because the spread of the virus is increasing across a wide range of settings, these restrictions will impact on most of us. It is advised that all businesses should continue to facilitate remote working where possible. All visits to homes will be limited to six people from outside the home and from no more than three households, both indoors and outdoors. Outdoor gatherings will be limited to 15 people. Restaurants and cafes, including pubs operating as restaurants, can remain open, but with mandatory restrictions on closing times of 11.30 p.m. Sports events and matches will revert to behind closed doors with strict avoidance of social gatherings before and after events. Indoor and outdoor training should follow the six indoor and 15 outdoor guidance. Public transport should be avoided where possible. In the context of private transport, the wearing of face masks is advised where households are mixed. All state bodies with responsibility for monitoring, inspection and compliance will intensify activities on an integrated basis. For over 70s and those who are most vulnerable will be asked, their over 70 will be asked to exercise their individual judgment uh, to limit their interactions to a small network for short periods, to avoid public transport where possible and to shop during designated hours. Okay, and he then went on to speak about the reasons why and then Stephen Donnelly did on prime time last night. So your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868 104 106 for new restrictions to combat the spread of coronavirus partially, as the Irish Times says this morning, reversing uh, the reopening uh, of social and economic life that we had in recent months. Like, for instance, at this stage now, anybody that can work from home and has gone back to work should now reverse that and go remote working again. Um, if your visitors over to your home, you should only limit it to six and they should only be from no more than three households. If they're in your home, outside the limit is 15. And of course, we know as well that uh, restaurants and cafes, including pubs which serve food, um, an effort wanted them to close at half past 10, but the government said no to that and instead they extended the opening time to half past 11. They're just a few bullet points. I don't want to keep them much longer because uh, Thomas Gould Sinn Féin has been quoted this morning as describing it as a, a shambles. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Neil. Okay, but it's it's for the best, is it not? Yeah, well, first of all, Neil, I want to say that I support the public health officials and what they're trying to do to manage and combat the virus. And... Like, I would still encourage everyone to keep, to hand sanitise and keep the social distancing. But, like, Neil, I was in yesterday at the Devil's protest and there was kind of leaks coming out about, over the weekend, about what was going to come out yesterday. And people were asking me questions about it. People were contacting me yesterday, very concerned about uh, what they believed. And then when the announcement came, there was, people were very upset. There, and, it goes right across every sector. Um, like, I, I call up and I'm, I'm the chairman of the Seventh Hall Football Club. I had to, we have to meet with the committee today. I was up there last night, and there was one of our vice presidents, a man over 70, and he asked the question, can he come up to the field tomorrow night? This man is a widower. Uh, his one love is going up to watch GA matches and training. Um, he social distances. And our answer to him was, we don't think he can. No, he can't. No, 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 no. And even, and even those training, it's only 15 people can train. 
And Neil, that's that's the other side of the things now. Uh, like we have two matches today, so a camogie match and a, if my a football match, and people are travelling from other clubs. They're going to have to drive in, drop their kids in Vincent Field, and drive out the gate and go away somewhere for an hour or an hour, that's an right. hour and a yeah. half. Yeah. Like, yeah. When it was 200, though, it was said being said to me yesterday that when it was 200, wasn't it, to go to an outdoor yeah. match, but that they were they were they were hanging around too much and gathering in groups after the match and chatting and um, and not engaging in physical distancing, apparently, and that's the reason for that. But but actually, the GA have come, came out yesterday, no, and have asked to meet with Neffet to go through their figures because the GA are looking for for them to explain where the issues were because. You see, the problem here, Neil, and the huge issue people have is that they believe the government dropped the ball with allowing people to fly in from all over the world to come into Ireland and not to be tested and not to self-isolate. That's the first issue. The second issue is we knew we had a problem in the meat factories back in April. We stepped in at the time. They closed some of them down. They tested them. And then as soon as things started to ease, they left the factories do what they wanted. And the big problem for the factories is there's a huge problem with workers sharing houses together, being overcrowded on top of each other. And then if one person gets it, they're going to work. And 95% of them don't have sick pay, so they go to work sick, yeah. yeah. Yes. So like we knew these issues were there. And what people, the reason people are so angry, no, Neil, and we had the whole problem with direct provisions. We knew they were overcrowded. We knew they were on top of each other. And the government didn't step in. So the problem now for you, for us this morning, Neil, is your listeners have, the majority of them, have done everything right. They're isolated for three months. People, like, we're five months now over into this pandemic, and the vast majority of people have done everything right. And listening to what they were t- telling me yesterday, they believe the government have made huge mistakes and know the people who've done all the hard work have to go back and do all the hard work again. And they believe that's unfair. When you look at the vulnerable, or the, particularly the over 70s that they honed in on yesterday, do you regard that as, as being advice to cocoon again or just mind yourself? Which? Well, it, it's more than mind yourself, Lilo, because... They're told not to go to events. They're told uh, not to go on public transport. They're told to... Uh, Shop at designated hours, training. specific yeah. times, yeah. Like, my my own father's 78. You know, he actually went cocooning a week before it was announced. He uh, like, like a lot of people who are over 70, people uh, have done the right thing because they were concerned. But those people over 70 believe now that they've done everything right and now they're being asked to do all this again. If people don't think it's fair. They feel the government uh, aren't making sense. Like, people, I want to support the, the public health officials, and I want to support the government because... But what part do you have a problem with in, then? Yeah. What part, Tommy, what part do you have a problem then? Um, apart from you, you did hone in on sports events and matches and spectators. You're saying that that should have been left to 200, is it? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying is... Uh, 
have, having them behind closed doors is a bad thing. It's a bad thing for people who want to watch them, the older people, but also for young people themselves and in particular teenagers, people who are in the 20s. Okay. All we're going to see now is more house parties, more kids gathering. Can I just talk to you about house parties and gatherings and things like that yeah. and pubs that misbehave? That's going to take legislation to give the power to the guardie. Right now they can't close anything down, but that legislation has to go through the doll. You guys have to debate it, but you won't be able to do that until mid-September, right? But you need sincere have people in the doll every week. No, but I, well, well, fair play if you do. But what I'm saying is that legislation, those powers can't be given to the guards till mid-September. Am I right? Yes, but need we can go up to the doll next week. But right? one would think that that would be an emergency measure that should be debated this week. Well, listen, need we? I should, I should be up in the doll tomorrow morning. Like what she was saying was said is we didn't want to take a six-week break. We felt that it was the wrong time to take a break because of the pandemic. What she was saying said to the government, and we actually performed a motion not to go on this length of a break, is we felt that if this was an exceptional year and we needed the government to be working because of things. We kind of knew there was something going to happen somewhere and we felt that we should have still been working. Now, we're working on the ground locally, but like, if the government needs to bring in legislation, we can be up there tomorrow to do it. We have people right now in Leinster House, Sinn Féin, TDs and staff who are working as we speak. So, like, if the government really feel that strongly, then the teacher should have rang Mary Lou yesterday and said, listen, we have to recall the doyle. Yes, to get people that would have been the sensible approach, it. wouldn't it? And, and Neil, we, we want, like, there's politics and then there's the public good. When it comes to the public good, we want to work with the government. But like they didn't they didn't sit down and talk this through with other people. Like we we want to sit down and at the end of the day, this is too serious of an issue to make politics of it. Well it's too serious of an issue to be on your holidays for, I would suggest. Yeah, O'Neill, I took a week off, I went up to West of Ireland. Right, and I've, I've been—I was away for six days. That's what I was away. Okay, for. Oh, no, okay. The Council for Civil Liberties is saying, please don't pass this legislation. Don't have guards going into people's homes. Just coax people, work with people. Uh, don't be draconian and introduce new laws where the guard of Shikana will come in to your house. They're worried about that. Well, Neil, we need to sit down then and debate it and go through it. But the problem is, there's a, because there's no drive sitting, there's no debate, you have the government coming out with these announcements. Like, they announced all these yesterday knowing that they can't be enforced. To me, that just doesn't make sense. And it shows a lack of, a lack of, of the government understanding the problems. And Neil, I was, I was in town last night and I saw groups of young people walking around doing nothing wrong now. They just seem to be out meeting their friends, having fun. I believe the government has lost the support. Uh, Talking to the people I spoke to yesterday, I think people have lost faith in them and they don't believe they're making sense. And it's all about having confidence But they get those no. Hang on a second. They get those guidelines and recommendations from Neffet, and in some cases, they knocked back uh, a lot of the recommendations of Neffet. One of them about wearing masks with people who aren't in your family in a car. Neffet said that everyone should wear a mask in a car. Government said no. Neffet wanted a half ten closing of the pubs that serve food. Government said no. We're actually pushing it back to half past eleven. But by and large, all of the other measures came from Neffet. Neil, we were waiting for four months. The whole the whole world was wearing masks before we were wearing masks. Okay, yeah, okay.
Okay. You know, and, and the other thing, Neil, in relation to, like, you're talking about Nefit. Nefit have been looking to close the airports or restrict people coming in and quarantine when they're coming in for months and the government have failed to ask. Nefit have been on about uh, having tracing, testing, tracing, and that's not happening either. It's not happening to the extent it should be happening. And we have the whole issue of the schools going back and parents and teachers are very concerned because the minister is all over the place. They had a meeting yesterday about public health and they never discussed it to schools and they're going back in two weeks' time. And a lot of the schools are ready. And what we have is we're going to have students now going to different schools all going into the one buses into the one bus to go right across the city in the county. These buses are going to be full. The classrooms are going to be full. And them same children then, when they go home that night, they can't go up the field to watch a match and they have to be limited in their training. But we have to get kids back to school, Thomas. Oh, Neil, I'm for, I'm for it. But what, like, if you listen to Donegal Era, our health spokesperson, we were saying this for months, that they needed to put a plan in place. And there's no... Neil, they had a meeting yesterday and they never discussed the schools going back. The single biggest issue faced in the country in the next two weeks and the government never discussed it. All right. It just... So, listen, I'm, and my final point is I'm still going to encourage everyone to sanitise, to keep the social distancing and to use common sense and to support people. And I, I hope people will listen and I hope particularly older people and younger people that everyone sticks together because we still have a big job of work to tackle this virus. Okay, Thomas, thank you for taking the call. Thomas Gould, uh, Cork North Central, Sinn Féin TD. It's difficult for the over 70s who have been asked to keep, uh, you know, keep your keep your distance from people while at the same time use your own judgment as to where you go and what you do. Keep the number of people you meet as low as possible. When you do meet people, uh, you should keep, be at a distance of two metres uh, and for as short a time as possible. Uh, wearing masks if if it uh, doesn't affect your breathing. Avoid public transport where possible. So there's a recommendation that over 70s uh, and pensioners should not use buses. Uh, shop during designated times, especially set up by shops for the uh, elderly or the over 70s or the immunosuppressed. Somebody put it up, put it very well. So we can go to mass, but not meetings. So we can play football, but not watch it. Uh, so we can eat in pubs, but not have a Sunday lunch with parents and siblings. Um, so we can attend a wedding with strangers but not have a barbecue with neighbours uh, send the kids to school but not go to work there are some errors in that actually you, you can go to a wedding but you can also have a barbecue uh, with neighbours but as long as it's 15 or less you can um, you can eat in the pub but not have a Sunday lunch with your parents and siblings well you can um, I mean with an awful lot of caution when it comes to your parents and distancing uh, and if it's indoors very much restricted numbers where you're only talking about um, uh, six people from no more than three households. So, I mean, there'll be smaller Sunday lunches, I suppose, of that, you can be sure. Anyway, enough of me. So the phone lines we go. Eamon, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, I'm ringing this morning. Um, About the elephant in the room. The, the elephant in the room, which is the lack of response um, by government to to the, the problems in relation to the spread of the virus. The World Health Organization said yesterday that the primary cohort of people who are responsible were in their 20s to 40 years of age. 20 to 45. That yeah. has not been addressed. Yeah. Why hasn't it been yeah, addressed? That has not been addressed. It hasn't been addressed because 
they're looking for legislation to give the Gardaí extra powers in, ter- in terms of breaking up parties, etc. But I think the problem is a lack of education. Young people last night were not looking at the news. They don't look at the news and they should be using the social media platforms to get the message across that young people can get this virus and young people can become serious. Well, it's all over Twitter. It is all over Twitter, Eamon. I mean, I was reading a lot of it last night. But the message is not going home. Right through the pandemic, I saw young people gathering in large numbers. They, the message went out initially, Neil, that they felt that they, if they got the virus, they wouldn't be badly affected. I know three young people who've got it, both in their early 30s, two of them my nieces, and one girl who's a nurse in a well-known Cork hospital. The information is that a large proportion of those who get the illness recover, and that may be true, but there is post-viral tiredness that is affecting my niece four months after she was affected and the nurse in the hospital, even though she's gone back to work. Yeah, what, what, just to, just talk to me a little about that, about somebody who's healthy and comes through a positive case. Exhaustion is a result for some well, time after, is it? It is. Well, my two nieces got it. One of them was hardly affected at all. And the other girl was on oxygen in the hospital for 11 days and she's only in her early 30s. So it's it's misleading information that anybody such should suggest that any young person who can get it is only going to get a mild case. That's not the case. Young people have got it, and a small proportion have become seriously ill okay. and have died. The elephant in the room is the house so parties of young so, people. So, so, the legislation yeah, that's so, being proposed, so, so, hang on a second, the legislation that's being proposed, even though it will take a month before it gets discussed in the doll, will allow the guards, as an example, to go into those COVID-19 parties on the college road and break them up. They can't do that now. I, I understand that, and it's important that they would have the, the powers to do that. But I think if we think that's going to be a solution, we're misleading ourselves because the solution is in education. We have to educate our young people, and the, and the primary educators are the parents of young people. Unless they can get the message through to them that if they continue to gather in large numbers, they're going to put their lives and the, the economic well-being of our country at risk. That's he, fine he, if they're t- if they're great. teens or if they're younger than that. But if you if you've people in their twenties, like they're not really going to take advice, are they? I mean, they're not going to be lectured to. Well, they might want to take the advice, but the reality is, our, our economy is going to be on its knees if there's another lockdown again, and and that's where we're headed at the moment. And when no you when okay, and your other point then had to do with the GAA, is it? Yes, I, I, I'm a supporter of the GAA all my life. Um, I do believe that the intercounty game should be scrapped at this stage. Um, but I do believe the local game should proceed. I was at a game there a few weeks ago there in Nemo and another one previously in Passage when I was doing an umpire. My brother was refereeing the games. And it was great to see young people having an outlet for their energy. And I want to see that continuing. The government restrictions now will limit the amount of players that can attend training and can attend matches. I think that's the wrong decision. Indoor training is limited to six and outdoor training is limited to 15, which is kind of weird, really, limiting outdoor when there'd be 30 on in a match, wouldn't there? Two sides. And even what do you do with the other players? You, you have to give young people an outlet. And, and the safest environment, I was down in passage the first night, the first game, and I couldn't believe how well it was organised in terms of anybody. It was limited the amount of people who could look at the game and you had to use hand sanitizer, even though many of the people were never going to be touching the ball. It was very well organised. I've got to say that, but I do think the inter-county game should be scrapped and the government should revise their, uh, their advice regarding the amount of players who can attend training. Okay. Or young people do need an outlet. Okay, thank you. It's and going that to be... outlet shouldn't be in the form 
of a house party. It should be in the form of house parties. No, okay. just one further point I'd like to make. I'm returning to work shortly. I'm a lecturer in the CIT. And on Sunday night, I spent over an hour and a half reading um, guidelines that were issued by the Higher Education Authority in relation to the safe return to third-level colleges. Now, what it did state, Neil, was that two-metre social distancing should be maintained, but where two metres cannot be maintained, when it was down to one metre, they would advise the wearing of masks. Now, that is not good enough as far as I'm concerned, because that is inadequate in terms of protecting the health and safety and well-being of both staff and students. The wearing, compulsory wearing of face masks should be introduced in secondary schools and in third-level colleges. And again, education is very important, but I've no doubt that when I go back to work... But there will be face masks in in, in secondary schools? They're being advised where two metres social distancing can't be maintained. It's been advised. It should be compulsory, Neil. It should be compulsory. Like it is and it's not compulsory. It is it is it advised in the CIT to wear a mask, but not compulsory. That's well. That's the, I, I'm just after reading the report yeah. on the night from yeah. the higher education. It, two meters apart, no mask. Meter one meter apart, mask. That's a recommendation. Yes, but it's advice. It's not compulsory. It's not compulsory. And and the other thing is the the return of schools. I think should be delayed by two weeks. And Why? my reason for saying that is because because there's been a huge spike in community transmission of the disease and it's important that we try and get that under control before the schools reopen. Now, I'm in favour of the schools reopening but I think two weeks is a very short amount of time okay. and give us that amount of time to try and bring the virus under control. Thanks, covered a lot of ground. Thank you, Eamon. Good luck going, going back. Good luck going back to CIT. Thank you. Um, actually, it's interesting because um, with regards to numbers and the positive cases, the big increase and the big spike at the moment, and I know there was issues with meat plants, and that was ridiculous—the huge amount of COVID positive testing there. But at the moment, it seems to be uh, within the home, within the home. Now you can say that could have something to do with house parties. I don't know. Uh, Danielle, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are and you? to everybody who's holding, appreciate it. I'm good. You call every you call yesterday's announcement a joke. I don't. What's oh, funny? Like, what's yeah, funny it's about ridiculous. them? Like they're contradicting themselves. So we need to avoid public transport. Yes. In two weeks' time, thousands of children are going to get on buses to go back to school and sit in classrooms with 30 or more. We can't go watch a football match outside or a GA match or whatever it may be outside, but we can queue up and go into pennies with hundreds of other people where they're all fighting over something or, you know, there's no social distancing going on inside in the shop itself. But we can't stand outside and take some personal responsibility and, you know, keep a distance from the people next to us. We can't go in and sit with family um, but yeah, we can go to Penny's, we can go here, we can go there, we can go sit in a pub for, you know, an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it may be and have a meal. But we can't, like, it's just a, a sheer contradiction of itself. Like, I, I'm no fan of our, our current government. I'm no fan of the previous government either. Yet I miss Leo up on that podium giving these speeches. You do? He why has, is that? I'm interested in why. <clears throat> He had something about him. He was very reassuring in his speech. I know he used these stupid movie quotes, but it made him very relatable. Um, and I wouldn't say that about him. Generally. And what do you? What, what do you? How do you find me? Hall comes across. Say last night. He's just. He, I found him very cold. You know, he's just very cold. Very, you know, not making sense. He contradicted himself over and over again. Like us as a country now, we're being penalised again. Like, we are telling our over-70s, sorry, can't see you anymore, you better stay in. Look, I'll come and visit for 15 minutes, and that's about it. These people have been locked in for months, 
and months and months and months. So is that your interpretation then of the over 70s? Sorry, I can't that's see you. Interpreta- yeah, that's my interpretation of it. That because mine is somewhat so different to yours, you know? I, I, I'm seeing it as use cop on. Um, you know, if you're, if you're meeting people, um, stay two metres apart from them. If you're calling to family or they're calling to you, the same rules apply. Uh, you know, don't, like if you're calling to over to see a loved one, an elderly loved one, you know, don't, don't be hugging and kissing yeah. and, and uh, you know, don't stay too long. But it's not, it's not this, it's not this, I'm leaving the shopping at the front door, which we had in March, April and May. Yeah, but that's how it feels again. Like, what I can't understand is, why are they coming in very heavy on the over 70s again? Because they're vulnerable, girl, that's why. And I understand that they're vulnerable, right? You know, my grandparents are elderly, my parents have underlying conditions, you know, we need to be very careful within our own circumstances. But like, if you look at the average of the age of the cases over the last number of weeks, it's under 45. Mm. You know, it, it's not our, our elderly. Our, our deaths are much lower because our cases are aged under 45. Yes, yes, yes. Very good point. We need reminding you that. Know, and do we also we need, need to... We need to remind of that. Yeah. And like this whole thing of these, you know, teenagers throwing house parties. I don't condone house parties, especially in this current pandemic. Right. But people are annoyed. They're frustrated. They're locked in. Every bit of information we get, it's last minute information. You know, we're not told, we're not given enough time to get things done. Like, I feel sorry for all the publicans. Every week it's like, will we open this week? Will we open this week? And it's in the dying hours. They're like, no, sorry, you're closed again. We'll come back there at the end of August and we'll have a chat about it then. We have schools going back in two weeks' time. I have two school-going children myself, one primary, one secondary level. And, like, I'm nervous for my primary level child going back to school. Because yeah, you're one of 40% of people that we surveyed. 60% said they were okay with it, but 40% of people that we surveyed on our Twitter page said that they had concerns and worries about the kids going back. That's a substantial amount of worry. Yeah, it is. Like my six-year-old, we pretty much, back in March, my six-year-old and my 12-year-old were told, you can't leave the house, don't touch Nana, don't hug Dad, don't play with the neighbour's child, stay in, stay in, stay in, hide, 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 hide. And then things slowly started getting better and we started bringing you know, them back out again as soon as we could. And, yeah, and then we know. had 160 and then yesterday 190, exactly. averaging 160 yeah. for a week. That's that's not yep. good. I know that no, they recover not. and I know there are 45s and under, but all you need for this to do is to grab a hold again and back into nursing homes we go. That's it. And like, it's just so frustrating. Like, we're five months too late wearing face coverings. That should have been brought in from day dot if they watch what the rest of the world were doing. We're five months too late in trying to, you know, compress this virus. We've done really, really well when we were all locked in. But the biggest issue is that our borders are still open. So there's still flights coming in every day. There's still ferries coming in every day. You know, I can't see... No, it's, it's, not having, it's not having imp- any impact at all on and the I numbers. And I know it's not having an impact on the numbers. But this is something we should have done from day dot and eradicated it from day dot. But, like, our government, they're very slow... No, no, these numbers, they're of our own making. Let's be honest. Oh, I, and that. I know they're of our own making, but how many of these people have been on holidays and have come back um, and haven't felt isolated? Yeah, Who, but, but, who's uh, checking on these people that are, are coming back from holidays that need to isolate? Who's checking on them? Nobody. It's interesting with regards to the pubs because I know that one or two pubs have had to close because somebody tested positive in there. But I don't know of any pubs where somebody contracted coronavirus from somebody who tested positive in a pub. Do you, do you follow that logic? I, I do, but... Can you put your hand on your heart, Neil, and say for 110% sure that you haven't been in the company of somebody that potentially had COVID? No, you can't. Not one of us can. 
there's not one person in this country that can say, oh, I know for 100% I wasn't in contact with anybody that had COVID. You can't tell. COVID. Yeah. You can't no, say exactly. with any certainty. Yeah. You can't say with any certainty. You really, really can't. And this is where the responsibility of the adults and the parents and everybody comes in. We need to be responsible for ourselves. Okay. Okay. Like, there was there was a running joke for years and somebody would ask you something and say, Jesus, the guard wouldn't ask me that. Yeah. The guard will ask me that now. Yeah, let me get back to the final point. That just one final aspect of what you said there was that you felt that Mihal doesn't come across the way Leo did. I wonder would that no, be because Leo had the compassion of a doctor, whereas Mihal's background is probably more talking at people as a teacher. Yeah, I think that's it because I'm no fan of either of them. Not a like I, I wouldn't be a fan of either party, but I just found Leo on that podium when he came for okay. his speech just. There was something reassuring about him. There was something that would make say, Do you know what, we'll be okay, it'll be fine, you know, we it's just another two weeks. Or when he came out and told us we were in for three more weeks, we were like, Look, it's just another three weeks, you know, we can do it, it's fine. Yes, but in, then, in fairness to me, Hall Martin, Leo was making a lot of those t- points when the numbers were tiny. We were down to seven and ten yeah. and twenty and twenty five. Leo Martin has inherited now 190 yesterday, 160 on Saturday. Uh, 160 average for the week. It's uh, uh, like on that point as well. I think it's insane that our teeth have changed in the middle of a pandemic. I think Leo should have stayed on for the rest of it. Maybe he didn't want to because it's like an absolute crap show. Maybe that's why he didn't want to. But I do think he should have stayed on and let me hold you the second term. Um, because it was just something about Leo. He just. I, I'm frustrated this morning. I, you know, I've kids going back to school in two weeks. I'm you know, worried about what's going to happen to them. I'm worried about what's going to happen with the rest of the world. Are they going to come back in, you know, 13 days time or 12 days time, whatever it is, and tell us, actually, lads, we're just going to pull it all back in there again. Go back in home there for the next six months and okay. we'll come back and talk to you. Okay. So it's just as frustrating. There was no clarity on it. Okay. It was a contradiction. Thanks, Danielle. Somebody's saying in the mail this morning, people have been told to largely restrict their movements to work from home, to avoid public transport, but yet the opening times for restaurants and bars has been extended to half past 11. Back after the break, we have a cause on the way. David standing by, so is Marion next. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. I wonder if there are 104 many... to 106 Red FM. Mad keen to get on air. I wonder if there are many people who are literally packing up in the office and heading back home again. If so, how do you feel about that? I want to hear from you if you're unhappy with the latest developments and happy also. I want to hear both sets. So 86 by text. Marion, good morning. Hang on a second. Let me get myself together here. Marion, you've waited an age, so what's on your mind? Marion? Hello. Yeah, oh, there you sorry, go. Sorry, okay. Sorry. You, and you also sorry, work in healthcare, so I'm interested in your opinion. I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I applaud that lady that was on before me. Yeah. I applaud her because she actually spoke the truth about everything. Right? Yeah. They, they came on last night, Michal Martin. He extended the pub hours, right? Extended the pub hours after... Decreasing them only just two weeks ago. Do you know why? Do I know why he extended yeah, yeah, them for yeah. revenue? To make no, money again. Oh, well, d- money okay, well, that's your opinion that. and that's a brilliant opinion. Yeah. But the that's reason that was pub. given for that, the reason that Neffet wanted to close the pubs at, at, um, at 10 o'clock, incidentally. 11? Um, no, no it was were, 11 o'clock. No, they wanted that to push... Calls. Hang on a second, wait a second. Neffet wanted to push back to 10 o'clock closing. It was at 11 and uh, the government have extended it to half past 11 to discourage house parties. But that's a load of bull, Neil. No, I know, listen, I'm, that's, I'm only telling you what they yeah, said. I dis- know, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
I'm out there every day. I work every day right up to seven, eight o'clock, whatever time it is. Okay? And I see people there. They don't even have to be in a house. They can sit on a wall. They can sit in a garden. They can sit in a field. They don't need to go to a house. It's going to happen. It's life. Accept it. It's there. It's going to happen. COVID-19 or no COVID-19. This is what life is about. End of story. This is the generation that's coming up today. It's not what we've chosen to do. It's what they want to do. And that's it. Nothing we can do about it. But Michal Martin last night, he was a joke. An absolute joke. Why? Come on, Neil. He stood there last night telling the 70-year-old that it would be in their own best interest to start cocooning again. No, he never used... No, that that word wasn't used. No, he did not use the word cocooning, but he's as good as. He's scaremongering. We're living... We know... We know the court people, right, are living by what the government are telling us to do. We had one death in recent days. We have seven people in ICU. This is off the top of my head. We have 30 people. We have 30... Where? In ICU. Where? What hospital? Uh, I would imagine primarily in, in the east and in, in the Dublin area. I don't think there's any yeah, in ICU in Cork. Cork. No, not in Cork. There you go. Not in Cork. There you go. That's what I'm saying. How many people, like, break it down, break down the statistics, right? Go right across the board. All right, but are you happy? Right? Okay, listen, far be it for me to be a mouthpiece for the government. Are you happy with the no, number of... A, uh, 190, well, you said I was... You said I was talking bull but are you happy with the number of 190 yesterday 190 people where all over the country all over the country how many in Cork you see this is what I'd love to have I'd love to have firstly I'd love to have it county by county on a daily basis without having to go and search for it like the holy grail and secondly I'd like to know the age demographic of every single person to see just you you know to see just how much of a problem this actually would be yeah I'm out there every day, right? And I go from area to area, all the way from Ballyvihan to Bishopstown, Somerstown, Riverview, Waterfall, Rayroar, Spur Hill, you name it, I go there, right? I deal with the elderly every single day, right? Yeah. And not one single person had a cough or a cold. Yeah, but that's that's fine, but like they're still very but vulnerable they have, if they come in contact with somebody with COVID-19. I'd be interested, are you, are you visiting elderly today? I am around the place all day today. Okay, because I'd love to talk to you tomorrow, having had a day yeah. speaking with the elderly today after the new advice, yeah. you know, to see what they, I'd say yeah. they'd be very upset when you meet them. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know what three people have said to me already? What? I'm turning the TV off. I've had enough of it. What does that mean, though? Right? This other lady said, I'm sick to death of these people telling us how to live our lives. We have lived through an awful lot worse. What is COVID-19? Where does the name come from? Well, there's loads of different... There's loads of different viruses all called COVID. This is a particular strain called 19. Right. Okay, fine. Now, they're all on about China. Or the... who knows where it came from at the end of the day? A woman came on the other day on your radio, on, on your speaking to you, and she said to you, and she made a very valid point, Neil. The Chinese are going around with masks ever before this because of pollution and whatever else is in the air, okay? But yes, the masks did not prevent these people from dying. Okay. 
so we've been told. Yeah, right? She said, yeah. And now here we are. Here we are today, right? I wear a mask everywhere I go. Now, listen very, very carefully, right? You're in a restaurant, okay? You're in a restaurant with your wife and your children. Yeah. Okay? And there's a table and you're all at your two metre distance and everything. So you, somebody next to you, the food goes down the wrong way or maybe the glass of Coke that your daughter... Or your Coughs, you're going to cough. Food. Yeah, okay. And they cough, right? And really cough up what they've just swallowed onto that man or the woman next to them. Tell me. What do you do? Well, I'd prefer if it was the what? child coughed and not the parent, but anyway, I don't know. What do you do? No, but, no, 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 no. But what do you... Exactly, Neil. What do you do? Okay, okay. You go into a store, you, you, see, you see kids 16, 15, 14, coughing, blowing their nose. What do you do? Excuse me, go outside, please. Well, some would some would say that. Uh, I'm not so sure that I'd interact, but others others would. I had evidence of that. I yesterday. have yet to see it. Okay, I have come, yet to see that. Okay, come. Ba- I'm out of time for now. This side of ten, but come back to me in the morning, having spoken with your clients, will you? Okay, yeah. Looking forward I to it. Thanks, Marion. Back after 10 and one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I have the breakdown actually of uh, some of the the new cases. Um, you know, we're talking about one hundred and ninety of them uh, last night, and I'll go through those and the breakdown of. Um, I don't have ages apart from. Three quarters being uh, under the age of 45, but I do have the county breakdowns back up to 10. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Meanwhile, I'll come back to everything else in a few minutes' time. There's lots of other things happening, and there's some good positive news today also. And the outdoor dining is going down a storm uh, in the city. We know of Princess Street. Pembroke Street was also pedestrianised as part of the city programme to reimagine our, our city uh, landscape. Owen English has a lovely story in the Examiner this morning saying that street closures have allowed al fresco dining. But in the next couple of days, I'd say not much of it, but it has been great on Cork City Street. So a great buzz in the city. Really good buzz in Cork by comparison uh, to Dublin, which is a very, very desolate place these days, I'm told. People who travel up and down. So this is very good news. Love to see more of that. Cork's outdoor dining set to stay and it's been extended until the end of the year. So that's great news for all of the different restaurants and and establishments, the likes of uh, Clancy's on Princess Street. And can I just say, on another happy note, uh, I've started, I know I promised on my Instagram page that I would start some giveaways, and I should have done it a few days ago, but I started them last night. And the first one is um, a lunch voucher for Clancy's. So that's up on my Instagram page. You, If you're not following my Instagram and you'd like to win that, you got to get on before lunchtime today because that's the first of the draws. And over the next week or 10 days, then there'll be more giveaways and draws on the Instagram page for different establishments uh, that you might like to go and visit because I have quite an amount of vouchers. I also have some for, for different tourist attractions as well. And that's on my Instagram page. If you're not following me, you'd like to win. Perhaps you might think about doing that. There's a, another lovely story that makes the papers today, actually, and it has to do with honey. Um, it beats antibiotics hands down when it comes to curing coughs and colds. So this is far from an old wives' tale. It stands up to scientific scrutiny that a spoonful of honey, as opposed to the spoonful of sugar helping the medicine go down, the spoonful of honey really does seem to relieve a lot of the old coughs and colds and sore throats, and scientists can now prove it. you got to be careful with the honey that you're getting, though. You know, the cheapy, cheapy stuff in the supermarkets, it just doesn't do the business. And then the papers also, and talk about this, has gone on for about uh, a week or ten days. There is a nudist camp in Germany, right, um, where people do their nudie naked thing and Good luck to them. Uh, but wild boars live nearby. And uh, apparently one wild boar, a mammy boar, 
target um, apparently is quite brazen and is no longer afraid of humans. So about 10 days ago, a photograph and a video appeared of a, a naked man, uh, a nudist, chasing target the boar because she stole his laptop laptop and laptop bag and ran off with it. Now, it was very funny and I thought it was a lovely, lovely story, but it's taken a bit of a a twist now because this is literally a dead ham walking because uh, the idea now is they want to put down the boar because they say the boar no longer fears humans and is no longer kind of suspicious of them or kind of touchy-feely and that that could be a problem for people who might get attacked. I think that that's very unfortunate and unfair. But there is a petition now being signed online. Nearly 10,000 people have already set up and signed this petition against the call of Target the Boar. Uh, I thought it was a lovely, lovely story, particularly the photograph, to see a man with no clothes on uh, running after the the boar as she legs it with her two little piglets after her um, and the laptop and laptop bag in her mouth. It's a lovely story. Anyway, I hope that that doesn't happen and they leave the boar alone to mind her little little boar pups or whatever the case may be. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six for all of the business. Now, I have got the breakdown of those stats and the breakdown came from you guys, listeners. Uh, thank you to Sean who sent me a stat breakdown uh, and um, he, I asked, when we look at county by county, I'm not going to bore you with stats here now so don't worry about it. It's not going to be um, very difficult to follow. There were 190 cases in the Republic of Ireland reported yesterday. All right, And when you break it down by county by county, uh, the stats tell us that county by county, 48 of them were in Kildare. 46 of them were in Dublin, 38 of them were in Tipperary, 20 of them were in Limerick and 7 were in Clare. That left 31 other positive cases yesterday and they were those 31 cases were spread amongst 11 other counties. And I managed to get from a kind listener the breakdown uh, apparently it's a Lockdown Ireland update page, so thank you for that. I'll watch that one with uh, a lot more interest now. But when you break it down, you know those 11 other counties? How many did Cork have yesterday? One. So yesterday, of the 190 positive tests uh, reported in the news yesterday, one was from Cork City and County. So I think that's quite interesting. Statistically, Cork, with a population of well over half a million now, we've had uh, 1,595 positive cases. 1,500 and 95 positive cases. Uh, one was reported yesterday. So that might put things in perspective for you. Caller from Tipperary, actually, who's been living here in Cork for six years, says, listens to this program all of the time and says, Cork people are unreal for complaining, like. We're unreal for complaining, like. David, good morning. You're in your hospital bed, I believe, is it? Good morning, Neil. I am, that's right. And yeah. thank you for your patience. You're in the mercy. Okay. I, well, I am a patient, actually. That's why I'm, uh, You're a patient that? patient. Yeah. I, I was just about to give you these stats because TV3 gives them every evening at half past five in the news. Right. And uh, and the most evenings, like, you'll ever hear cock be mentioned. It's usually 11 or 10, 10 or 11 counties between 15 or 20 cases. So cock is doing very well for the past couple of weeks, actually. Yeah. One yesterday. You know? It's a huge price for the county to pay, isn't it? But uh, let me tell you this now, Neil, right? I was in hospital this time last year, on the first week in September. Yeah. And there was a massive, there was a very serious flu uh, in, um, this, in September last year. And I remember I was talking in the last 24 hours to some of the staff here in the, in the ward. And they were all um, gowned up last year. Um, the doctors, staff, kitchen staff, everything. Uh, gowns, gloves, the whole lot. And uh, 
there was a very serious flu, and a lot of people in Cork and a lot of people in Ireland died of the flu last year in September and October. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. as you said, yeah, we only had one death yesterday. From no, the no one positive case. No, no, but no, there was one death yesterday. No, uh, yeah, well, there was one death in the hundred ninety release. Yeah, 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 yeah. One death, yeah. So, like, and yet, in the past week, there's been no deaths. One death. A lot of people died from the flu this time last year. And like the country went on, every, every place in the country, every place in the country was open and operating. Now, a lot of places, the restrictions then closed down, and there's no one dying. Like, isn't it far better to have 190 cases and, and one death than to have 190 deaths in one case? Well, inevitably, they're saying that that yeah. could happen. We could have many, many deaths if they didn't reimpose some restrictions yesterday. You know, that's their narrative, not mine. That's what they're saying. And the W Health organization are saying that. The 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds are increasingly driving the spread and many of them are unaware that they are infected. That's right. Yeah, that's where we're at. You know, so like... 75% of the new cases, lads, three and four of the new cases yesterday are 45s and unders. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I, 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 this thing about uh, avoid public transport has me totally baffled because well, last... last they introduced mandatory mask wearing on public transport last Monday week. So if you're if you're on a bus or on a bus or on a train and you're wearing your mask, I'd imagine it's okay. So now we're told avoid public transport. But sure, if you're on the Lewis in a mask, it's of no help to you because you're stuck up against everybody else like sardines in a can. Well, yeah, okay. The Lewis is is is, is well. I believe now. I was told by people that were on the Lewis in the past fortnight in Dublin that uh, it has dr- dramatically gone down the numbers on the load. Well, okay. and, uh, I mean, uh, but if I hop on the number two or two bus, I mean, with my mask on, uh, am I not okay with the mask on? Uh, and it just seems that I can't go on the bus now with, uh, uh, with my mask on even. Well, so, it's be- well, that would very much now depend on your age because 70 pluses are being told to avoid public transport. Doesn't matter where you have a mask on, just stay off the buses. Sure, there's 70 pluses. I, I, can, I know lots of people over 70 and almost 70. They're far healthier than people are in their 50s. You're dead right there. You're dead right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so but like, I mean, they, they have to have some kind of guidelines and that would mean that people in their 70s should avoid public transport. That would be buses and trains, incidentally. Oh, and in case people forget, 70 pluses are allowed to go on holidays in Ireland but should avoid holidaying in hotels. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, so does it mean that you can't go into a hotel, but can you go into a bed and breakfast? Well, I, I was due now, in three weeks to go to Dublin for our anniversary, but uh, on September the 8th, so with the new restrictions, finishing on September the 13th, I'd have to cancel it. Well, I wonder what they'd say to you when you walk into the hotel. They may not allow you to check in. I wonder if I'm going to cancel it today. I'm going to ring up and cancel it and put it off until maybe October or November. So that's another one for you. You're allowed to staycation, but hotels are not advised. And okay. So like, and another thing. Like, there are only 50 people at a wedding. Now, it says here on the paper today, it says outdoor, well, outdoor gatherings can't top 15. Yeah. Outdoor. Used to be and 200, remember? And you can have 50 at a wedding indoor and you can't have more than 15 outdoor that doesn't make sense to me like weddings are exempt from weddings are exempt from the uh, indoor 15 
No, sorry. It's yeah. all, let, let's be clear about this. All outdoor events are limited to 15 people. Indoor events are limited to six. So a team, so a, a GA team, so uh, can can have 15 at a training session. But like a GA team is probably made up of 30 players. Well, so that's, to, that's, that's why they got it. 15 to stay at home and 15 to go to training. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but um, what's interesting is an indoor event can only have six people, but an indoor wedding can have 50. Yeah, you're going to have 50 at a wedding and you can have only six people at your daughter's yeah. birthday party. And that, your daughter could have six at the party. Well, her and five others. Um, and you're comparing the Mercy this year to this time last year. What's the yeah. difference? A bit, uh, did. I believe I was told by a lot of people in the past 12 hours that the safest place in Cork right now is inside in the Mercy Hospital. And it's been that way for the long time. They've done very well through the whole... Well, have a listen. Have a listen to this, then. Have a listen to this, dear Neil. I attended the outpatients department of the Mercy Hospital today for an appointment. This is from yesterday. Yesterday's appointment. I attended for an appointment. When I was taken to my seat by the security guard, I was asked, "Could I sit in another seat?" Because the person before me was called to the reception desk, and I was being asked to sit in that chair. The chair was not sanitized after him, and I was told to sit in the same seat. When I objected to sitting in the same unsanitized seat, I was told to just sit down. I think this is wrong. None of the seats were sanitized after people were called in to see the consultant. And new people that came in sat on the same seats that hadn't been sanitized. Surely in a hospital, it should be a priority. I was at a hairdresser a few days ago and all the chairs were sanitized after each person. I'd just like to draw to your attention. Love the show, says Margaret. She's saying that there's more sanitizing going on in a hairdressing salon than there is in the outpatients department of the Mercy. Well, the outpatients, no. It's a totally, that's, that's in a totally different street completely from the main, the main hospital building. That's up, up, doesn't matter, up, up, doesn't up, matter where it is. Yeah, I know that, but I mean, I, I just, and, and these seats should be. Why sanitized. aren't they sanitizing the seats? Instead, they're saying to people, sit down where you're told on an unsanitized seat in a hospital. Yeah, well, that's not in the hospital, no, Neil. That's in the outpatients. That's not in the building. It's the outpatients department of the Mercy Hospital. It's part of the HSC. They need to sanitize their seats. It's not part of the the hospital. All right, okay, we're splitting hairs. Okay, doesn't matter where it is. But but most of like most of the problems are in well, you know, the meat factory. No, no, I know. I'm just saying that you said that you, the safest place to be is in uh, yeah. a hospital. But from what Margaret is telling me, that isn't the case when it comes to the outpatients well, yeah. department of the Mercy. They have had very little, if, if any, COVID nineteen cases in the hospitals in this March. I was told. I know, but and, I know and, you, and you don't and, get and it. That would, you could have community transmission cases in there where people go in and out. You could, but I believe from, from doctors and nurses will tell me that the hospital is very safe for a long, long time. Okay, you, you, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Thanks for that. Appreciate it, David. Uh, get well soon. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Just one fast one here, and then an ad break. Ireland is a nation of drunks. It's the under forty fives who don't care about anyone, and the government's answer to that is to lock down the elderly yet again. People can still go to off licenses and buy four, maybe five slabs of beer. Go to a house party, break every rule. They can go to the pubs and stay there for the night with a nine euro receipt. And it's the elderly again that are being punished. Meat factories are an absolute basket case. And the direct provision centres are left to their own devices. Yet it's the elderly that are punished again. The government's lost it with this pandemic. It's as simple as that. And they now take the easy option to tell the elderly to stay at home. The off licences and Ireland's inability to stay away from drink 
is the real problem and this country is an embarrassment. Supermarkets are a disgrace and their off-licenses are packed to the rafters seven days a week. Says Paul by email to neil at redfm.ie. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at neilredfm. That's an excellent point, actually. A texter saying there, this uh, is interesting because uh, how can the likes of Princess Street or Pembroke Street stay open where people gather and sit down outdoors, but yet people can't gather or sit down safely and watch a match, even in reduced numbers? Interesting point. Thank you for it. Lines open at one 104 106 Somebody's also asking the question, could a full GAA team maybe train at a wedding? Then 50 of them. Well, they probably could train if two of them got married at the wedding or had a wedding for training purposes. Do you know what I mean? Then they, then they could get 50 of them um, training at the one time. But right now, it's uh, it's no indoor. Well, I mean, outdoors is 15. I'm going to be revisiting all the stats again. But uh, from the point of view of uh, sports, no spectators will be permitted at sports matches full stop. And all of these now um, are permitted without any spectators. Yeah, that's the deal here. And then we'll recap on other things as well throughout the course of the morning. But I'm conscious of the calls that are backing up. So, Valerie, good morning. Hi, how are you? Very well. Thanks for holding. Um, your thoughts on all of this? You have a communion? I have. I have. It's an absolute disgrace. To be honest with you, Neil, um, I have a communion and confirmation uh, family members. Um, I think the government realised that we're coming into those months now. Um, it was cancelled, as you know, for all the right reasons and everybody understood. We've now been given a new date and with three weeks to go, we've been told that you can only have 15 outdoors. Yeah. Now, I, like, I personally, I understand the pandemic we're in. I'm not up against that at all, at all. But I just feel that how do we, like, our kids have been targeted again with the elderly. So, like, i telling my eight-year-old daughter this morning that her possibly can't go ahead because her grandparents and cousins can't be there. Yeah, well, you could, my own home. you could have had an awful lot more up to the day before yesterday, couldn't you? Exactly, exactly. But you've had 200. You could have had 200 if you had a big enough garden, well, couldn't you? <laughs> we're definitely not that popular, Neil, but... Um, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I just think that it's, an, like, the financial loss for most parents is absolutely atrocious. Um, like I, I just, I, my mind is boggled. Like, how does this make sense? So you can have an indoor uh, wedding of fifty and an outdoor communion of fifteen. Exactly, exactly, and that's what it boils down to. Now, like, it's a case of picking and choosing family. But, but I have family members who have communions and confirmations after the twelfth, and if the restrictions are lifted, they can have theirs as normal. So it's using kids off one another. I just, I can't figure it out. And the same would be said for a child's birthday party, wouldn't it? Um, you'd only have well, I, I six if it was it indoor. Would be, but I'm not sure, like, that a birthday party would be, I suppose, as important as... No, I know what you mean. It's not, as a, it's not as a momentous occasion as now, a confirmation. like, a wedding, a wedding can go ahead. And that's in the Church of God. So is the communion of confirmations. Like, the government know that these have all been cancelled. They know September is the month that they're all going ahead. But how would they even do the communion if only 50 people can go into the church? Well, it depends on the school and the size. Like, I know personally, I don't know where we stand because our classes are big. Um, I know the following week, um, a school in particular, I'm not going to give no names, obviously, has a very small class, so that can go ahead and possibly with restrictions lifted can have their after parties for their kids or whatever the case may be. Hotels aren't taking meal bookings for people anymore. We've tried that. We've gone down that route. I think most people, like definitely from the amount of people I've been speaking to, they're organised at home to have it at home, safe adoption. 
the day if I stopped, you know, altogether. Like, mm. I, I can go into a, a bar with a beer garden or whatever the case may be with my daughter in her communion dress and sit down and have a meal mixed with God knows who. Mm. But I can't have my immediate family and her friends in my back garden. So how are you going to, uh, f- how are you going to pick who's going to go? I, I don't know how, to, how I'm going to manage that. How do you do that? How do I cut her godparents? Do I cut her uncle? Do I cut her cousins? Well, do you, do, think that, do you think that people will just do their own thing and they won't limit it I to 15? Absolutely. I think absolutely. I think people aren't going to... In their teachers. back gardens, like they could have 40, like, 50... I mean, in your own private home. Now, personally, for me, it wasn't going to be over the, the amount of 30, 35. I would have had, obviously, all the, the steps in place for social distancing, for sanitising, as you do in this day and age. It's now the new normal. But, like, I mean, can I take the chance of guards knocking on my door and clearing people and... My eight-year-old standing there looking at it. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and that that could potentially happen. I don't think it will well, happen. There won't be legislation. Happen. When is your when? When's the date? The twelfth of September. Yeah, there's hardly going to be legislation passed by then. I'm not suggesting that you do it, but I, you won't have the guards call into your back garden if you do. You know, it's it's just it's awful. As I said, like because I have a big family, and so some of them will be going ahead later in September. So do they get to do their day as normal? I mean, it's not as easy as cancelling and rescheduling. There was a lot went into it. As you know, they are very important. And it's not about the party. It's about the child making her first communion. Understandable. But their build-up in school and everything has been to celebrate with their friends, celebrate with their family. It was cancelled initially. And the Church of the Diocese of Cork stated in many statements that it wouldn't go ahead until family and friends could celebrate together. Yeah. And now yeah. with three weeks to go, what are they going to do now? Are they I think because I think because or? of the change, you could might maybe be expecting another announcement, don't you? Well, well, I would hope, I would hope that that people would have the cop on to pull the communion if that's going to be the case. All right. Okay. Okay. You know, let's see what and, happens. And put it off till next year and see what it happens. Says you lost a lot of money since you cancelled uh, the, for for the I May think date. Has. I think everybody has. I mean, I know personally, I had to re- reschedule everything. I had to change everything. We had deposits, big deposits paid. I mean, it is an expensive day, you know, regardless of whether you're bringing people for dinner and paying for that or whether you're having it at home and paying for that. You know, Did you, lose it, you lost at least two grand on it, is it? No, God, no, I didn't. I, it would come to that. Oh, it would do. It would come to that. That's what they cost. You know, by the time you dress them, as I said, it's not like you're not just dressing the child, you're dressing your family members, your brothers and your sisters, like her brothers and sisters, you get me? Certainly do. You know, you do. And 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 again, like I would love if it was years ago when you got in the car, you went and visited family members. That's not society now. Well, you also have the added issue of the over 70s now with regards to communions and confirmations, even if they do go ahead where they're being told, um, you know, limited time outdoors, and, and uh, listen, listen stay in me, small groups. To, who wants to go travelling to houses now and put other people in danger? They don't. So not only can you not go visiting now for the danger of trying to keep people safe, but you can't have it in your own back garden. Yeah, yeah. Where you know you like who you're bringing to your own home, you know obviously it's safe. You're not going to take the chance. You'd be very silly to do so. You're not going to take the chance of that. So who you're going to have there? Maybe there'll be an announcement anyway. with regards to communions and confirmation. Is it, it's both communions and confirmations, isn't it? Are we just talking about communions? Yeah. Both? No, both, both are going ahead full steam all over Cork in September. And I'm nearly certain from the amount of people I've been speaking to on parents' associations, etc., first of all, they're not willing to cancel. And second of all, I don't think I don't see why they should. And third of all, if the kids are brought into it again, 
you know, like, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Over 70s and kids targeted. And, like, I got a letter this morning about my daughter starting a preschool for the 1st of September. Bear in mind, at the end of the letter, it stated, unless regulations change, we will know next week. Do we know that they're even going to go back? So do we know it's even going to go ahead at the stage with three weeks to go? Yeah, so it will, it will go ahead. Most, most of these restrictions and changes are so that the schools can open, minimise risk in all other areas so the schools can proceed with Understandable, I completely understand, but I think they're playing kids off each other. It's one route for one, one route for another, and somebody needs to clarify what is going to happen. Okay, all right, let me get some more calls on there. Do stay in touch. Thank you, text 0868104106. Thanks, Valerie. Let's talk to Nora. Good morning, Nora. Thanks for holding. Uh, Can you hear me okay? You were in the Mercy, was it yesterday? I was in the Mercy yesterday, and I was, um, when the gentleman at the door brings you in, he said, sanitize your hands. He said it to everybody. And if he wasn't there, certain people would get through, but he sent them back. And he brought me up to my seat, and you wait to go over to reception. And he said, sit there. So I sort of smiled to myself, but I... I said, thank you. And off he went because someone else was coming in. So I got out my sanitizer and sprayed the seat myself. Oh, okay. There's a seat, and then there's three where you mustn't sit, keeping the distance apart. Yeah. I noticed when the next one came in, she just sat down on the seat. And I thought, oh. Then I got into reception. Then I had to go and wait to see my doctor. And I watched everyone come through the door without exception. Not one member of the staff, they were all, I know they're the staff, I know, and not one of them sanitized their hands, not one. I saw this one come in the door, just a quick hello to him, rush into the first room on the right when she came in, drop her bag and her coat, and came out, and there's a sanitizer outside her door, and she passed it by. I would say there was comings and goings, and I, and then there was, um, I suppose, the gentleman that phoned you earlier. He was probably there. I could imagine who he was. I was, and they were pulling their masks off and talking. I wasn't talking. I didn't, I have been obeying the rules. And I've got a child living with me in their 30s. And they have obeyed, he has obeyed the rules from the 29th of February to protect his father and I. Mm. So as I said to my doctor when I got in there, I said, look, I've brought myself to 80 and I don't expect to die of COVID-19 when I've taken every opportunity that I can to avoid it. Yeah. And then, because I, he went up and got, he, he saw two uh, gentlemen before me and then he saw to a lady and when I went in, um, well, I didn't want to get the wrong thing happen. I noticed he never sanitized his hands. And then I had to sit in that chair, and I was going to say to him, I don't want to sit down, sanitize the chair. But no, they should have it there and say to you, sanitize your chair and sit down. It's not going to hurt your clothes. But I did say to him before I left, I said, thank you for seeing me. And I wait for my appointment, but you should sanitize your hands between patients. And that man is absolutely right. No sanitizer. No, but what did the what did the the medic say to you when you said you should sanitize your hands between patients? He apologized. Yeah, he he said sorry. He said it's just so busy. I said never too busy to avoid death. 
I mean, that's scary, you know. You're in your 80s and others like you and they're seeing many different patients. Yeah. Uh, you would think that it would be... Yeah. Oh, normal... Yeah. We would think it would be like breathing now, you know, sanitizing. Yeah. So this guy at the door, because there was a lot of cars pulling up and people with Zimmer frames and all sorts. I mean, he should have been there doing as well. He should have been sanitizing the Zimmer frames. Uh, there was a lady there on the Zimmer frame. Uh, well, she had to, she could sit in it, and um, she didn't sit in the seat. But I, I thought to myself, why isn't he sanitizing the seats? Why doesn't he just do it? So I well, that's what happens where the public gather in, in, in restaurants or bars that serve food. The entire area when it's left, which is the table, the chairs, everything is sanitized meticulously. Well, I, tell you, Neil, I never keep my mouth. Man, I was shaking ringing you this morning. Oh, I love your right. program. My right. grandson in England listens to you. <laughs> but, but you're not afraid to speak your mind and you did yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I will always speak my mind. I went in a restaurant and my son, my husband runs for cover. I, when I see them wipe the table and then they wipe the seat of the chair and the bench that people have been sitting on, I go, in the name of God, why are you cleaning the seats that people sit on with the one you wipe the table with? I've been doing that for, what, 50 years? Yeah, but I think the sanitizing product is on the cloth, so it's it's effective in that regard, you know? Yeah, but before the sanitizer, it was just a square. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah, before we got into all of this. Anyway, that sounds quite worrying, your description of the mercy yesterday, and also well, Margaret's I, description. Yeah, before I was going to talk to you, I, I'm writing to the mercy. I am writing and giving them, you know, my name and my number and everything, telling them what I saw. I was going to get my phone out and phone them as they came and photograph them as they came through, just to catch the ones who didn't. It's <laughs> been about, I would say, 25 different people, and right. some of them were doctors. See the, the coming through the front door without sanitizing. Yep, yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's just the, not good enough. It really and truly isn't good enough. Absolutely and, not. And these and calls and emails, and we have we have contacted the Mercy for comment. Uh, and and in fairness to them, when those that need to know find these things out, they'll improve the protocol there, no doubt. I'm hopeful of that. Um, but the sad thing is, for somebody who, who's in her eighties and has been minding herself, you don't want to be going into a hospital where you feel you're at risk by what you see going on in there. That's not where you want to be. Uh, you, you need to be. You need to feel very safe in a hospital. You know. Absolutely, especially yeah. when you wait two years for this very important appointment. All right. And and the guy know, who saw you didn't washes didn't sanitize between patients. Didn't, but I pointed it out to him. All right, girl, mind yourself. Thanks for taking the call, Nora. Regards to you and also regards to your son in uh, the UK. Uh, line four is Michelle. Michelle, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay, you were in the CUH Monday. I was, indeed. And like that again, like the lady in the mercy and the other lady in the mercy, the seats were not sanitised in the A&E department. So use of seats in, hot- in, in say, restaurants and bars that serve food are sanitised between customers. They are, But yes. seats in hospitals are not sanitised between sanitized. patients. No, they're not, and that's not right. You saw this now, you did? I saw this, or I was in there myself on Monday morning, and I saw it. I went into any, checked in, sanitised my hands on the way in, met two nurses, you have to sanitise. And then um, you went, you checked in then, and you sat down, and before I sat down, there wasn't a seat wiped or nothing before I sat down. 
So in the case of the in the case of the Mercy and and the CUH, is there no designated member of the cleaning staff, which are extensive, um, appointed the, to the area? No. Yeah, to, in waiting rooms. I didn't rooms. see anyone there while I was there. Anyone in the space of three hours there was no one in cleaning seats after someone getting up going into the next stage. So in three hours, you never saw anybody clean a seat. No. No. Oh man, I'd avoid that no. place. I really and truly would. I would, yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we'll avoid. Or it. maybe they feel that because you've sanitised your hands in the way in. No, that makes no difference. The seats need to be sanitised. You don't know who's been in there. Do you know what I mean? They just need to be cleaned. You want to keep this virus at bay. You don't want to contract people contracting the virus. Did you say it to anybody? I didn't know because I thought seriously, I thought someone would come along and clean the seats, but nobody came along and cleaned any seats while I was sitting inside me either. We'll see what they have Indeed. to say with regards to their cleaning protocol. It's very, very important. Security guard in the hospital was in touch. The security guard in the hospital was in touch saying staff are walking out of the hospital in their uniforms into their cars, no change of clothing. It, yeah. He is sick yeah, of having it. it out with them for months on end, he says with the staff. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I will believe it. But are they, but, yeah, I know, yeah, but... So no, but, it's a pity. But yeah. is he saying, I wonder, is he saying that staff are walking into the hospital um, in their uniform, in their cars, um, and they're not... Sa- and they're not. Anyway, no, but, but is, say, is he yeah. saying that they're not sanitizing or taking any precautions on entering the building? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. But staff always have walked in and out of the hospital in their uniforms. I've known that for years because I've been in the CUH many times. And you see staff coming in with uniforms. So. And what are people suggesting that they should have a change of clothes with them? They should. They okay. shouldn't come in in their uniform. They okay. should come in in their ordinary clothes. Change them into the uniform if they have changing rooms. Okay, well, to the HSE then, we will update our request as to their protocol, not just in the Mercy, but also in the CUH, because um, you and Nora and Margaret have a problem with the lack of sanitation in our hospitals. Okay. Yeah, it's just, I didn't mean, as you said, the virus is just, I mean, the numbers are increasing. 190 yesterday. One in Cork, one positive in Cork. Yeah, well, actually, I was in there, I did get a COVID test on Monday, so. Okay. Did you get a result? No, not yet. Supposed to get it within 24 hours, you know. Yeah, I know. Hopefully. <laughs> okay. Thanks for taking the call. Let's see what they have to say. Thank, Thank you, Michelle. You. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Uh, good text to read out um, for you here. Uh, this is getting fed up with these um, old people asking for young people to make sacrifices. They are the ones that ruined life for young people. They got rid of free health care. They got rid of free education. They cause impossibly high car insurance. They made it impossible to buy a house. They wrecked the environment by taking all of nature's resources and now they're retired on their golden pensions that are now to be paid by who? The young people. There was not a lot of solidarity on show when young people needed a bit of help. I hope you read this out. It's important. Certainly is. Happy to do so. And that by text to 086-8104-106. We have a lot of responsibility, actually, for the world that we are handing over to the young. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Okay. Uh, thank you, Jaron Tokri says, well done, Neil. Uh, I think Jaron's I think being sarcastic. Well done. You're telling everybody that Cork had only one case of COVID in the 190 yesterday. Now a lot of numpties will be going out 
and starting to do the maggot again. Well, I'm only trying to put things in perspective. I think it's interesting to know, you know, county by county, particularly our own county. How are we doing? Uh, morning. As a nurse working with the HSC, we have very strict rules when coming in and out of work, including changing of clothes, showering and temperature checks. Please don't tarnish all the good work that the majority of us are doing. Thank you, says D. And you know what? You are right in that regard. I mean, it's not all. I mean, I'm just dealing with people who observe different things. It isn't to say that everybody working within um, the health services, typhoid, Mick and Mary, I'm not saying that, but it is observations that people made while both in the Mercy and the CUH, but it's not to tarnish those within the system who do the right thing. So thank you for that, D, uh, and uh, all the best to you. Um, I've got quite an amount of uh, emails and different topics, including this and lots more besides, uh, which I want to come back to, but I'm just conscious of a huge amount of calls this morning. Um, it's been very busy these days. Betty, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, and you're aware, being over 70 now, of the, the new advice for the elderly, are you? Yeah, it's very, very stressful altogether. You know, we're after doing everything we can since Christmas, you know? Yeah. And our whole life has been chopped in half. Like, really, there's nothing. And, like, when the weather's good, you can go for a walk. But, like, they're not thinking outside the box. Like, we should be left alone at the moment. And the younger generation should be told to be to do something more, how could I say, uh, to save us, do you know what I mean? And leave us alone. They should be told to do things that we haven't done. We have done, I should say, by staying in our, not being in bunches. I know, but I kind of understand why young people or people in sports might be annoyed. Like, why is it that 50 people can go to mass in an enclosed building, but a massive stadium like Parky Cueve is closed? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really wasn't done for that, but I do agree. No, but, I mean, do you see, where is the logic in that life? Like? Organised, you know, and uh, and I think the, the children with sports is very important for them, you know what I mean? And people going to Mass is very important as well. But, like, it's not, it, uh, there's a lot of nonsense going on, and that's what they should, you know, the house parties and everything, that's what they should have concentrated on, really. You know, and, and the off-license, certain hours, and they should be only open for certain hours. That was my idea of it. But what I really came on for, really, was that, you know, the whole communion and the confirmations, yeah. and they want the parties and all the families at it? Yeah. Well, I just think they should split it up. You know, the, the, the mams and the dads and the grannies and the granddads and all that should go to the, the you know, the, the, the original whole communion party. Do you know what I mean? We but say, there's only 15 can go to an outdoor well, party in the garden. Family, listen to what I'm saying. And then the next day, have another 15 of the further relations and the friends. Do you know what I mean? They can split it up. They don't have to have them all. Gosh, your parents would be exhausted. Day, you know? You'd be exhausted from all of that entertaining. But should I exhausted anyway? They still have parties for the whole weekend for weddings and everything. So that wouldn't that wouldn't make any difference. Like, I mean, they have parties for children on. They last nearly three days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I'm only making suggestion. I'm not going to get into any real discussion. I thought it would just help people. So for the direct family, them. parents, grandparents, godparents, siblings, limited to fifteen, and the day after. A selection yes. of other invited guests. The other, yeah, the further, then the other outer uh, relations and friends and children. Well, I just thought it was a suggestion and just saying I can't bring everybody. They could separate the party, have it the next good day, Good point, you know? a good suggestion. Thank you for it. So, how are you going to change now, being over 70, and the new advice that talks about, you know, do you know your designated shopping times, for instance? Well, I don't, and I'm just hoping that I'll shoot in and shoot out, like, early in the morning or last thing at night, you know, because I've been doing it in my own comfortable zone. When there's not many there, I kind of go up and look and say, no, there's not many there, you know, and then I run in. Are you still, a- I'm still very cautious, you know, to the right. shopping yeah. relation. Do you and use the bus? 
Oh, no, no, I had my own car, thanks for the God, I can run. No, I would use the bus. I did use the bus on and off, but I wouldn't certainly go near the bus now. No, because no, it's advised that you avoid you know? public transport. Like, but, I mean, are you aware I, that you can't, that, well, it's advised that you don't go and stay overnight in a hotel, for instance? Oh, I'm very aware of that, sure. I'm very disappointed because we used to go away for weekends there, you know, and, and places like that. But I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere. You know, that's the thing about it. I haven't gone anywhere since Christmas. It's like as if you're being closed in around you and you just can only reach out your hand and pull something. It's all quick, quick, quick. Get this, get that done and, you know, come home again. You know, it's, it's a non-real situation where... At our age group, it's not good for us at all. No, because you have to keep the number of people you meet as low as possible. And when you do meet people, all people, it should be at a distance of two metres for as short a time as possible. That's quite right. And you don't want to talk to him. You're kind of racing away. And and then someone might come across and go come in beside you and say, oh, my God. I mean, I was in a restaurant the other day and my two friends, the first time we met up, we said we go for a cup of tea, you know, in the afternoon, four o'clock. And we were sitting down and there was two over... Uh, like beside us, but they were they were very at a distance, and one of their relatives came in and she stood over me and she was talking to him, leaning on the chair. I got that no mask, and I, I'm going to I'm going to crack up. I thoroughly was physically sick. I know I you, couldn't even enjoy my cup. I know, and it's it's no embarrassing to say something, isn't it? You don't really feel like well, saying. Well, you something. see, I was with two friends. Now they were very upset, but we didn't want to say anything. Do you know? And we, sh- I, I would if I was on my own. I'd say, excuse me, please move a bit. You know, I would be but strong enough. To yeah, say but that, doesn't you know? this mean? I'll let you go now. I know. I'm chinwagon with you, but doesn't oh, it mean that somebody who's over 70 now actually can't go into a restaurant? No, you're, we're back where we started, but it's very heartbreaking, really, you know, because, I mean, you bring one friend to a house, but, you know, even my family, like, I haven't seen my son for over a year, and a lot of people haven't, because he's away, and it would break your heart, like, you know, I can't even hug, I haven't even hugged my family, do you know what I mean? They're keeping very careful for me, and that's so lonely and heartbreaking, and now it's even getting worse, you know? I used to go dancing and walking exercises, and we met up for the choir. I've had none of that. And there's not a sign of that now coming up again. You know, the active retirement group, it was brilliant, you know. We were so young at heart down there, you know. I know. And a lot of people that are much older that didn't it have It leaves any... people very vulnerable and lonely, doesn't it? Oh, Isolated. it's so lonely. No matter how healthy or strong you are, it's still a very isolating, lonely. I'm lucky to have a garden, but you get very lonely in the garden as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, You're just yeah. sitting in the garden on your own. It's just, I think there should have been more leeway and more, uh, more punishment for those that are having parties and drinking, you know, somewhere kind of a uh, of, a, of an, how should, an order that they should not be drinking and they should not be, they shouldn't be out after such an hour, Okay, you know? I'm going to let John pick up on All that right. point, but thank you, Betty, look after yourself, thank you. It really does mean, thank you, I really appreciate it, it, doesn't, it really means that over 70s, if they've been told, should distance themselves at two metres and, and only be around people for two metres for as short a time as possible, unless you were a very fast eater. That rules out restaurants and pubs that serve food, doesn't it, really? Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. Uh, off licences, is it? Yeah, I just wonder, right, why aren't the off licences closed? Um, down, I mean, they're talking about all these house parties and what. No, I like a drink. Because you'd have to close the drink section of supermarkets. Yeah, so why aren't they? If they're so worried about the, you know, house parties, they're not under control at all. And then you have the over 70s, it says the shopping between, say, 11 and 1. You know, and the only country that I know of off the top of my head that actually banned the sale of alcohol and cigarettes as well was South Africa. I don't well, know if any other country did that. But, uh, you know, when you, you hear them talking about it here at the moment, 
you know, all these house parties and drinking inside of the road and in fields and all the teenagers. So you, can't, you, know, you don't blame it when they can get it for such a cheap price. But anyway, that's the other day. They yeah, but so office. if you close the off licenses and you close the supermarket aisles with drinking it, you're penalising yeah. somebody who's a responsible drinker. Yeah, but sure, that, that, that's, the, that's the point. There's nobody responsible, you know what I mean? It's all right to say you might be responsible, I might be a responsible drinker, but then you have the underage drinkers and they're going in the bind it by the lottery. Oh, lottery. come here, I saw it there about two weeks ago. I never saw the site like it. These were teens. They were like 14, yeah. 15 years old. They were yeah. so small, they could hardly carry the boxes of Bulmer cider running across the car park of a supermarket. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a joke. I mean, if I was a teenager, I'd probably be doing it as well in the 70s. But anyway, this is a, the over 70s, this is a joke country anyway, as I said. You know, it's run by a, a, a crowd of um, legalised gangsters as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, besides the point, the over 70s, they say if you're going to super value, they have a, a supermarket, they have this designated time. Does that mean anybody under 70 can't win? <laughs> um, 11 and 1. I think so. I, I think so. You, you, I don't believe it. But anyway, I don't think it's eleven and one though. Invariably, it's early in the morning. But I, I no, no, it says eleven to one outside in there in uh, Douglas. Eleven to one for over seventies. For the elderly. All right. And do you know if that means that anybody under seventy can't go in? Does it? No, I just wonder. Oh, that's interesting. That's, you, you have caught me on the hop there. I'd love to check that out. Anyway, okay. By the way, we just have a, an alerter, an alerter, and there's nothing to do with it. But could you ever, if I t- ask you, you go down to, you go down to Kerry for your holidays, do you? Yeah, I go down, I was down there yesterday. I came back up at five o'clock, yeah, yeah. Is it Port McGee or somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Nice place. Super place. So I'm meeting an awful lot of Cork people down there at the moment, which yeah, is great to that, see. Can you ask, you know, we get the old Kerry and the Cork ball hop in here, right? But, yeah. uh, you heard about the Kelly man climbing Mount Everest? No. He ran out of scaffolding halfway up. <laughs> 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 all right, all the best. Uh, Take, care. Yeah, man. Take care. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. Text 0868-104-106 and we shall pick it up after 11. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I'm curious as to how wet pubs are able to open in a town in the county in conjunction with local people doing deliveries. I was also in a restaurant outside Cork on Sunday. There was a sign outside the door telling patrons that masks are not allowed in the restaurant unless they're absolutely necessary. Uh, And more texts here uh, on the same topic. Bob serving food. Aren't we becoming a right little nation of telltale tattlers? I'd hate to have been fighting in the War of Independence a hundred years ago with the people we have today. You'd have women like the people on air who reported the pub peering out her window and reporting people to the RIC. Unreal, says Kevin and Kilbenny. Uh, some say some say Kilbenny, some Kilbenny, others say Kilbenny. There's some amounts of busy bodies coming out of the woodwork on your program. We're all supposed to be in this together and not turning on each other, ringing in radio stations to complain about struggling businesses. Um, what is that lady's problem? What difference does it make where they're getting the food from? Whether the pub, she was referencing Ganey's and Blackpool, whether the pub are cooking it themselves or getting it from another restaurant or a chipper. Uh, just on the food service uh, next door to that pub that was mentioned, it is supporting local, isn't it, after all? The pandemic is dreadful to think about, but it's keeping the businesses open 
and the locals happy, no? Morning, we went to Acton's and Kinsale recently with my dad, who's in his 70s. My wife and daughter were there too. They did a super job in the garden area. Very professional, fair play to them. This is backing up a call out yesterday for more positive texts and, and stories regarding um, people in the service industry or in the hotel, bar and catering industry. I won't name the bar, but I walked into a bar in the city Friday night and I was told that they were no longer serving food, but to come on in for a drinks and they'll put a sandwich in front of me if the guards come. We left immediately. The greed is insane. Can these places just... uh, just be happy that they're allowed to open and flouting the rules. Uh, morning, we're sniping at one another about barbecues, parties, crumbs on tables, ineffective face coverings, instead of demanding justice for our fallen elderly and directing our justifiable rage at those responsible who have simply declared there will be no public inquiry. Uh, the public inquiry you want, of course, would have to do with uh, nursing homes, lack of PPE, and maybe to some extent also um, uh, meat factories, processing plants, and let's not forget a direct provision. Okay, we got calls on the way after these. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, and we'll come back to more text calls and comments uh, throughout the course of the next 45 minutes. But I do want to talk to Arthur Ma, who uh, joins me by phone. Arthur is one of the two Chinese lads that were assaulted uh, on Lee side earlier in the week. Arthur, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you feeling? I know particularly around your eyes, you suffered an awful lot of bruising. How are you? Uh, I'm physically recovered from this incident, I could say that, but I still uh, have a fear. I feel nervous when I get into that area. You're still afraid to go out around there. Are we talking about the Balafihan area, is it? Yeah, it's on Pierce Street. Okay, Pierce, Pierce Road on Balafihan. Um, I, I know that we, we read an awful lot about the attack in the papers and I went through it on the air on Monday and Tuesday, but what happened? So basically, I was walking on the street with my friend Martin. We want to get some grocery. And on Pierce Road, we saw three guys. They were shouting at us and they were laughing. We heard something like Corona, uh, Chinese virus. As we get approached to them, they called us Chinese virus. We asked them to repeat that again and they started laughing at us. And they were making fun of us. And then I started to record uh, this. And they started to record us as well. And they were saying something completely irrelevant as we uh, record them. So my friend Martin uh, wanted to reason with them. And um, What were they saying that was not relevant? Do you recall? Yeah, I, I didn't want to mention this because we didn't mention any of those terms. Um, and because of the accident... We all we know is that they were making fun of us. Okay, okay. Were they were they were they trying to make out that you guys were to were to blame for people getting sick and dying? Kind of stuff was it? Yeah, yeah. and they were shouting about um, something about uh, black people, but Black Lives Matter, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. We never mentioned. So they were just we, shouting whatever came into their head, kind of thing. Yeah, randomly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And why did you start why did you start filming them? Cuz um they were being very loud and the street uh, the, the road was very narrow so we just cannot ignore them. Hmm. And when things like this happened in the past we just ignored them. Yeah. But on that street it was very quiet just three of them and two of us. So this time um 
I think we need to do something. Okay, and this was at eight o'clock, of course, in the evening. Um, did yeah. you say that that people have said things to you in the past as you go about your business? Yeah, uh, multiple times when I was on the street, people call me Corona, and like when I was in a restaurant, people asked me to get out. I feel it's very sad that. We Chinese have to go through this just because of our appearance. I mean, that's very upsetting. You're saying that other customers in a restaurant asked you to leave. Yeah, yeah. And I thought they are drunk, but actually they, are, they were not. They came up they to were, you and said it to you or shouted it at you or what? Yeah, they shouted at me, asked me to get out, um, uh, Corona, you Chinese virus, something like that. Did they think that you had just arrived from China off a plane or something, untested or what? I mean, you're living here, aren't you? Yeah, I'm living here for two years. Yeah. Now, you're uh, 25 years old. Martin's 24. These three characters that you came upon, what kind of age group are they? Uh, just from what I heard from the Garda, two of them are adults and one of them um, is teenagers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Two hours. So the film you began filming them just to capture this um, uh, and ask them to repeat what they were saying, and then they yeah. started filming you with their mobile phone. And what happened next? So my my friend tried to reason with uh, one of the guys who was holding the camera, and just all of a sudden that guy punched my friend, and my friend tried to self defend himself and step back down onto the street and they were uh, ended up on the other side of the street okay I'm and not sure I'm not sure I followed that was there a punch thrown at that stage yeah that guy punched my friend and they got into a fight and it happened so quick that I, I heard that he punched him under the neck and then yeah, the, the eyes and then directly into the nose um do you just want to pick up on the injuries, say, that Martin suffered? Oh, yeah, he got bruises on his eyes, so as myself, and a, he got uh, swelling on his uh, neck. He cannot turn back his neck, and he uh, ended up on the other side of the street. It was so quick. I chased after him. I asked him to stop, and then another guy punched me as well. Uh, on the back of my head and another punch was on uh, right on my eyes yes so yes. Uh, it was very sore so I hold my head for a while and that guy just kept punching me and when I realized Martin was already knocked on the ground yes and Martin was quoted I'm um, reading from Cork Bio he said um, I stepped forward trying to reason with them when they started to punch one guy punched me under the neck Another on the eyes and nose. My nose was bleeding. I lost one of my teeth and I lost consciousness for one or two minutes. He was unconscious yeah. on the ground. Yeah, yeah. He was totally unconscious and for one or two minutes. And then two passerbys, a girl and a lady, uh, they came by and asked them to stop. So three guys, uh, these three guys, they escaped from that place. And the girl called the guard and after one or two minutes, Martin um, stood up and I saw blood coming out from his mouth and his nose. God. The three characters legged it, didn't they? They ran away. Yeah, they ran away. Okay. And you guys were taken to CUH. And I think even, and, and Martin had to be brought 
to the dental clinic for his tooth and then back to to A and E again, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But w- when the guards were called, uh, what did they do or say? Um, they just um, they write down of what we uh, our statement of what happened, and they uh, write down the the phone number of the witnesses, and the guard took us to the hospital. But you you obviously gave them um, the video footage that had been recorded, yeah. Yeah, 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 I did. And that's why they're saying they're following a definite line of inquiry. Are these three characters identifiable? Do you see their faces in the video? Yeah, it's very clear. I um, I gave this video to the guard, so um, they already found them. Okay, okay. Investigations are ongoing, they tell us. Okay. Yes. Um, and how have you been since then, physically and mentally? You tell me that you're afraid when you go out. Yeah, I didn't go out often, but like if I need grocery or um, uh, I, I have to get those uh, life supply, so I go out with my friends and sometimes I'm thinking, yeah, it's glad that we can wear masks so people won't know us. Uh, that's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's sad, really, that you have to hide your nationality, isn't it? Yeah, and also I think... Honestly, we Chinese are so used to avoid conflict. When things like this happen, we try not to make a scene. But you know, racism towards Chinese is always existing. Um, we feel it, but just a few of us speak out. Yeah, you, you decided to ask them why they were behaving like that because you'd had a lot of it in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. You tried to reason with them and say, hang on, this isn't right. Yeah, and it got escalated into physical contact so quick. Yes, I know. And that's very, very tragic. And you guys are two buddies, but do you have family here? Or are you two students or, or what is the situation? Uh, we both graduated from UCD Market last year. You said UCC, and, did you? Uh, no, uh, UCD. Okay. UCD Market yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. And we are working here currently. So you're working in Cork yeah. going about your business in Cork um, sorry do you have family or are they back in, in China oh no they are all back in China and have you told them about what happened um, Martin didn't but I told my sister and uh, she's being updated by me of all those news okay. and the follow up news yeah and is there a particular reason why Martin didn't tell his family or can you even talk about that yeah, I, I think he didn't want his family to be worried about him because he's a, um, a single child in his family. I'm very sorry this happened to you. I'm I'm not apologizing on on behalf of Cork people per se because we we don't oh, want we yeah, don't want to be you know what I mean. We we this is not how we want people to perceive Cork people, you know. But uh, you know, and I can't apologize on behalf of these thugs, like because. Yeah. Yeah, I, no. I know that, but generally... But, but I, am, I, am, I am ashamed that it happened, though. I really am. Yeah, I, I see. But, like, my general experience of living here is very nice. Before I came here, people tell me that Cork is uh, very friendly, um, more friendly than Dublin. It's a joke, but uh, <laughs> my general experience is uh, very nice. I have met so many nice Irish people. 
But you're going to be slow to go out again then. Um, you'll mask up to hide your identity. I think that's quite upsetting. But, you know, you're, are, you a bit, are you frightened when you go out? Yeah, because um, the problem is that the place where the crime was committed uh, is very close to my place. It's only four minutes by walk. So um, I'm just nervous. I don't know if I'm going to see them again on the street, what they're going to do to me. So Yeah, we, we, have a saying, we have a saying in this country, I, I don't know if there's a Chinese equivalent, you, they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But words do hurt, don't they? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about the whole thing over and over again in my head, and I currently physically recover from it. But I think it's just hard to forget about the whole thing. Yes, indeed, I know what you're saying. What would you like to see happen to these individuals? Um, I I don't know. I think the the guard will to take over the case. And I'm just gonna see. Um, I'm I'm not asking for anything. Maybe just their apology, or no. I actually I, I I never thought about this. But but thinking about it now, are you suggesting that if they stood in front of you and apologized, you would be satisfied? Um. Actually, my intention of reporting this is just to. Uh, to raise the awareness of the public. It's not about the incident itself. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, let's see what the Garda Shikona do in this regard. Um, I don't have their... I don't have... I think I, I did read somewhere that uh, two of them were in their 20s, which, they, which mm-hmm. means they would be a, of prosecutable age. You know, that's assault... And courts take that very seriously. Would you go to court as a witness? Uh, if they ask me to, yes, I will. Okay, okay. Violent, racist attack in Cork on uh, Sunday evening, wasn't it, Arthur? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Last Saturday week, yeah. Okay. Okay, listen, um, thank you so much for taking the call. Uh, let's see how the Guardi get on with that ongoing investigation. Will you give our regards as well to, to Martin? Yeah, sure. Thanks for calling. Uh, no, I, no, thank you for coming on the air. I know it wasn't easy for you, so I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mind yourself. Okay. Bye. Take care. Arthur Ma and Martin Hong. It's disgraceful, isn't it? Um, particularly where he brought up in that part of the conversation where customers in a restaurant asked him to leave. I mean, that's particularly horrid, isn't it? It really and truly is. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Your thoughts on that or anything else that we deal with? on the air. It's interesting because we were talking about uh, pubs and you know, issues involving pubs and what have you and then it got on to off licenses and uh, the supermarket aisles and uh, the beer and whiskey and I know the whiskey and the vodka and stuff and that are behind the counter but you can pretty much get anything else in a supermarket aisle now so what difference that would make to off licenses got an interesting email in on that and lots more besides we'll come back after the break the Neil Prendival show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850-104-106 and here they are uh, isn't it sad to think as a nation we're now turning to picking up the phones and reporting pubs to broadcasters it's forefathers our forefathers must be turning in the grave how pubs will survive this pandemic god knows and here we have begrudging publicans trying to make ends meet 
uh, in the best way they can. I don't drink in Guineas, but my God, I have to wish anyone the best trying to get through this hard time. Uh, somebody was suggesting in an email that I can't find now because I have too many uh, to go through. And I'm not complaining about that, not for a moment. But the gist of it was, it's all very well, Neil, defending pubs that bring in food from other pubs or bring in food from tippers. But all too often, many of the customers in those pubs go to two or three different pubs daily, moving around freely between all of those pubs. And they also get on buses and taxis and things like that. So it isn't all that straightforward. That was the gist of the conversation or the gist of the email. Um, Will the person who called you on air get a life? Give these publicans a bloody chance. Why are people so begrudging? If they're complying with the law, then leave them alone. Even if it is, say, for instance, chipper food or a frozen pizza from a back oven, is it? I don't know how some bars are left getting away with serving frozen pizzas for nine euro. I know a place where a winning camogie team went to celebrate. Each person had to order a pizza each. It was 90 euro before they even had a drink. Half the pizzas were dumped and uneaten. Yet the frozen pizza you see, as I suppose, as for many people, it's the entry price. Went to Clancy's in the city Saturday night. We got a temperature check on arrival. The service was great. Everyone was seated. They had a one-man band, but there was no dancing. I felt very safe and had a great night, says Anne-Marie. I bet it felt like kind of like almost like normal, did it? <laughs> Gainies are doing nothing wrong and they're working within the guidelines. Your caller is just another begrudging busybody. Her her problem was, in, in her defence, that she thinks she saw somebody open the door, pop their head out, look left and right, and then let a customer go out, and that looks suspicious to her. People are all for whistleblowing since this food nonsense was brought up. What is the difference between food cooked in a kitchen or food cooked in a chip shop across the road? These pubs are doing a great and orderly service, and they're being witch-hunted by people looking for someone to blame when our borders are wide open and factories aren't being expected, inspected. You're right there, Anthony. And when they are being inspected, they warn them in advance of the inspection. One final one. I never understood why more bars didn't make a deal with the local takeaway to deliver the food. Then more places could open. What you notice as well now is that some pubs have mobile chippers uh, outside. And, um, you know, that seems to help them to reopen as well. It's a, it, a lot of it is to do with the size of the pub and the footfall, you know, whether it's actually even worth it at all to open, particularly the smaller and the rural ones. Okay, so I mentioned this morning with regards to uh, restrictions um, and advice for the elderly, and one of it had to do with um, shopping at designated times, special times at shops that they've set up for the over 70s. And I was asked, would I just maybe drill into that a little bit more? Tesco operate um, Monday to Friday up until nine every morning uh, for uh, those that would be over 70, carers, uh, people working in healthcare, you know, frontline workers and the elderly. So Monday to Friday up until nine o'clock. Super Value say they are prioritizing the elderly at all times and specific hours depend shop to shop. So you'd have to check on the shops. Dunn's is 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock daily. Aldi, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock daily. And Lidl, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. daily. All right, so I hope that I hope that helps. <laughs> to the phone lines we go again, and then I'll plough through some more emails and texts. And what we don't do today, we shall do as best we can tomorrow. Cathy, good morning. Hello, Neil. How are you? Okay, schools are going back um, in what, about a fortnight? Maybe just over a about fortnight? A fortnight. Okay, Thanks. and your no, thoughts on that? I just want... Yeah, well, I just want to say to you, right, I know the schools are going back and they have to be educated and all that, you know. Yeah. But that, um, we'll say now, I feel sorry for the staff in the schools, whatever, and the children. But they, them children are going to be coming home to their parents, grandparents that have to mind them, 
And like I know Leo Bradford said they are going back a few weeks ago that when the schools will go back, there will be a desperate outbreak. Do you know? That's my worry, right? I mind my grandchildren. I've I've treated I'm just not the only I'm not the only grandparent now, there's other people there as well. I remind treat they're going to three different schools. Right? And I will be mine. I'm not seventy, mm. so I'm okay and I'm good health myself. But in my house I do have two garbled people, right? And uh one more thing I want to bring up now. But as well. bear, bear in mind now, these new measures will be in place until September 13th. They could be changed right, yeah. then, yeah? Because so I know, just my worry, and I know there's a lot of parents... No, that, that would be... It, it could be changed for the better on September. Like, right now, the way things stand right now, somebody over 70 shouldn't be minding kids after school, you know? No, well, I'm not 70. No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I mean? I'm just saying those that are. I know, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But like, I'm just saying for the sake Probably shouldn't be anyway. I I hope that it's got very high at the moment. One more thing I want to say to you now is that uh, the pubs, I love my night out, don't get me wrong. I haven't been outside the door really, just since a shop. I have been out a few weeks ago as well. And uh, they have, uh, I don't agree to pubs getting food in from a chipper. That's been honest with you now, right? That's one thing I don't agree myself. That's only me that I'd probably be And why? Right? But I don't know because I feel the same person as someone gave you an email. Like, there could be someone going to another pub for a drink. Then they come into this pub, another pub. Then they get food. Then they go from there somewhere else. I actually don't agree to that myself. But they're doing that anyway, like, whether they get food from a chipper or from the kitchen behind the, in the pub. Like, they're, they're, they're moving from pub to pub anyway. They're just... They're doing it. I know they are. And I feel he extended that just to a half eleven. Yes. Yes, I don't agree for that either, right? I've just put my points across now, Neil, right? I'm not one of these bad just to be always creeping or whatever. And I know So when would you know, when would you allow a gastro pub uh, to stay open until? Oh I tell it to now lads, I at the moment it's so bad at the moment with the pandemic. Honestly, I don't think the pubs anyway should be open first and foremost. At okay, the moment. you're it's saying so you'd, you'd close them all. That's what you'd have done yesterday. I, well, I would know myself. I know one pub in particular. I'm not going to mention it, right? And it's opened. I know a lot of, well, in my area, there's no pubs opened. And I know that far away, they're not opened at the moment. But there's one particular pub and it's actually packed a lot. There's people coming from taxis. They're getting taxis to the pub. I know the guards have been out there. Mm. And that's the truth. It's actually overcrowded. An awful lot. Yeah. And are they all eating? And I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know that now. Okay. I couldn't okay. say that because I haven't been in that pub, but I know that. Right? Okay. okay. I'm, I'm not one of these badges now to be given out or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You're not given out, but that. you want all the pubs closed. Like, I can't say that because I'm going to be eight. <laughs> I'm going to be eight if I say that, you know. Jesus, that one is given out like that. Now. But I asked you what would you do with gastro pubs, and you said they'd have none of them open. So I know. Don't be afraid of having an opinion. You know? No, I'm not. No, I wouldn't. At the moment, I think if they're trying to get the children back to school, forget about the pubs. All right. That's okay. been on switch. Because I think the kids, the children are the first priority at the moment and they're trying to be educated and get them back. You know what I mean? All right. Thanks for that. Much obliged. Have a good day. Ken says, I think the world is broke when it comes to money. We're blaming a virus for the economy. It can be used as a reason to bring in even more austerity. They will lock us up in our homes um, not quite sure if that's an unfinished text. My apologies for that one. Doesn't make any sense. I'm sat here listening to that poor boy who got attacked along with his friend. I was actually crying listening to his conversation with Neil. He sounds like a nice, gentle person. Uh, I'm English and both myself and my husband have been verbally, racially abused on a few occasions during our 17 years of living here. I'm so sad this has happened to the two lads and I'm ashamed that it happened in Cork. But you'll always get ignorant, uneducated individuals everywhere. 
Let's hope the guards do their job and that these scumbags are brought to justice from Wendy by text to 0868104106. Email-wise, how are you? Just wanted a message with regards to the pubs reopening. Um, I know it's very unfair and double standards that some serving food can open, but regular pubs serving snacks like Tato and Peanuts can't. But unfortunately, a huge percentage of bars and pubs already are open and not taking names, serving food, um, keeping to time limits and so on. Uh, How do people expect the government to then allow all pubs to open without restrictions? They mentioned the 126 or so places had been breaking the rules recently. If we were to leave every single pub open without food, I can only imagine the number of gatherings for pints and drinks staying for hours, getting drunk and then turning, then in turn, forgetting the virus and not keeping up cleaning standards, not sanitizing. Don't get me wrong, I do feel for all the pubs unable to open and the number of places which may close completely due to a lack of money. But it's a pandemic and we have little control. If people are already relaxing and not following guidelines, if we already have people refusing to wear masks or visors, then what makes people think that pubs can open and not cause the spread? It baffles me. Opening pubs fully won't work. It's unfortunate, but it's the way things are. This virus will cause huge long-term issues for businesses, but there will always be destruction when it comes to a global pandemic. And that's from Mike by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Back after these. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I hope what happened to the two Chinese lads is a lesson to all. A camera phone is no protection for young fellas who post their violent tax attacks online themselves. A lot of the time they are videoed, you're right. And Richie says, I have every sympathy for anyone who is assaulted or for anyone who experiences racism. But I'm just curious, Neil, will you devote as much airtime to Irish victims of racially motivated crimes or does this fly in the face of government policies and BAI guidelines? Um, Richie, I'll talk to anybody who's the victim of any assault. Um, not interested in their colour, their creed or what country they're from. Um, I will talk to anybody in that regard. Uh, open door policy here. Text 0868104106. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm going to get as much as I can on now in the next 15 minutes. What's on your okay. mind? Yeah. Okay, listen, I'll give you my two cents on this virus thing. And what I'm thinking about is the world is broke. Okay, and what greater way to say the world is broke is by using the virus as an excuse. Okay. First of all, we had Brexit. And when Brexit came in, it just came out of nowhere, you know. And as they say, nothing in politics happens by accident. So what greater way people were saying, oh, that uh, the English won't survive, you know, that they won't have the money. So they're using this virus to blame. They want to break the backs of economies. Who's they? Who's they? Corrupt governments all around the world. Oh, man, I I mean, like... Hang on, can I just say this? So, can I say this to you? Do you trust your government? I mean, that's a very broad question, isn't no, it? No, it's not. It's not. Listen, your Irish government—they're okay. They're lawyers. They're corrupt. They're thieves. We all know this. This is going on for years. No, our government—they're all—they're spinning out stuff over the radio waves, over the news, and all they're doing. They're regurgitating information that's been sent down from the top. 
I bet you not one of them sat down in front of a computer or that traced up any evidence on 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 the virus. Now, another thing I'd like to say as well, this, with the virus coming out now again, this second wave of it, they want the old people locked up inside their homes. We have, we're going to have a huge amount of austerity come down the line, bigger than what we have seen, in, I, I suppose, in the history of the world. Yeah. Okay? So they don't want old people coming out marching. They don't want ordinary young people taken to the streets marching because of austerity. They don't want the handicapped coming out, people with disabilities coming out onto the streets marching. Handicapped is a word we don't use anymore for the record. Okay, Uh, well I'm sorry, people with disabilities. What greater way to stop people congregating? But the protests won't be now. The protests regarding austerity will be down the track. Right now, it's, it's about so trying to save the lives of the elderly. Surely be to God. You're yeah. right. Hang on out, hang on out. No, when this virus first came out, I was saying to myself, Are the, is the government trying to spread this? By, okay, and what I mean by that is, they let people go to Cheltenham. They left the, I think there was an Italy game, went ahead. They told us where no No, no, the Italy game didn't go ahead, but the oh, fans yeah, came right. anyway. Yes, they did. They still come in. Yet we have all the Americans and people coming from other countries. No Americans coming in. There's no like. No, 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 they were Neil. Neil, they were were coming in. And I just read only yesterday that the app that the uh, foreigners coming into this country, nobody is checking up on them. To see, are are they quarantining themselves for Okay, I understand that. A lot of that is is in the past. It's relevant, but it's in the past. I need to stick to where we're at now. You believe, do you believe then that this is, um, all of this is intentionally created? And if so, and if so, to do what? Correct. It's about control. It's about vaccinations. It's about, it's, listen, if we say this, like, I mean, there was a lady on earlier on, she said, Leo Veradikar sounds great. Like, I mean, okay, and other people then said that it's all coming from the WHO organisation, the World Health Organisation. Now, we have corruption goes from the very top to the very bottom. We have to protect um, uh, accidents inside hospitals. We have our police commissioners that tell lies. Just because a fellow looks good-looking on the television, that doesn't mean he's a good politician. That means nothing. You see, you, you, you kind of... You, it's, hard to, it's hard to credit you 100% when you, ble- you, you, you accuse everybody of being thieves, everybody of being corrupt... Everybody is no. being liars. Okay. When, okay. Listen, when, when no. clearly that can't, like to be corrupt, one must be on the take, trousering cash. Right? Okay, how many? Yeah. Are you so? Still, we have a lot. We have a lot of politicians that that do this. So you you still believe you still believe there's a lot of politicians on the take. I do, of course. And where are they on the take from? Big big business whose interests they represent. Exactly. So why then don't they open the pubs? Hang on a minute. I don't open the pubs. What? Because I don't know why they don't open the pubs. But if they were corrupt, surely they would, wouldn't they? And they'd, they'd be trousering uh, cats. Hang on a second. No. You're on about pittance. You're on about pennies. You're on about the pub. You know? Like, I mean, I'm on about Apple computers. 
that owe us billions and our government paying hundreds of thousands to stop them handing over the money because they're afraid they can't actually go back to America. Look what you could create in this country right. with 13 billion or 17 billion. Okay, okay. We covered okay. a lot of ground. Are you happy, are you happy with that contribution? Because I'm going to keep moving. I, I would still like, like to say, look, remember this. This is about people. You have to think outside the box, okay? If the government came out on the radio tomorrow and said to the old people that you can catch the virus, the virus is floating around four feet off the ground. The Irish people would be down on their hands and knees. They would be so afraid. And this is what radio and television does. It's very easy to fool people. All right. Now, one, one last thing, okay, and it's for people. The virus is real, Neil. But the scam of it all, the pandemic is a scam. The virus is real, but the pandemic is a scam because they want to come in and control. They don't want people taken to the streets. They want people with mental health thinking to be committing suicide. They want. They haven't got the money. Oh, you're insane if you think if you're insane if you think that anybody would like to would would be encouraging other people to take their own lives and that that's a policy of people. Sure, that's not. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Oh, burst your horn. During the boom, said anybody that run no, he, he said that any person that runs down the economy should go away and take a life. That's what Bertie Hunt said. Okay, listen, I gave you an opportunity. Um, Thank you, not, not everybody would, but I'm happy to hear also all, all, yeah. all points of view and yours amongst them. Thank Thanks you. for that. Cheers. Yeah. Take care. Um, I know you got one or two there, but I was just going to kind of just read this out because it kind of backs up to some extent. And I'll talk to Brida what Ken is saying. All the scaremongering is cruel and disgraceful. There are more people dying by suicide than COVID deaths. I'm appalled by the treatment meted out, particularly to the elderly, especially as it's those people who actually abided by the rules all along. Get the children back to school and people back to work and stop using the elderly as pawns. And by the way, since masks were made mandatory, the numbers have increased worldwide. We're being dictated to by a bunch of jumped-up so-called professionals. I'm off out now for a walk on my local lovely beach while I still can. Thank you, Mary, for the text. Hope you enjoyed the walk. Uh, back after the break, I think Breda's line drops, so we'll come back to it in a few minutes' time. Just, just ahead of that, actually, unrelated, but of interest nonetheless. John, good morning. You wanted to pick up on the house parties and young people, was it? Uh, yeah, good morning, Neil. Go ahead, my um, friend. Yeah, no, I just text in there, like, I'll be listening away all morning, like, and uh, the young people are getting a bit of a raw deal from, like, you know, like... When, yeah, when, 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 when people are saying young now, I don't know what age they're talking about. All I know is that three quarters of the positives are 45s and unders. Yeah, like, but, you know, there's people coming on there now, elderly people, and, like, it's, it's tough on them, and they've been convinced now that it's, it's, it's young people having house parties and college students, and, like, the parties have been going on all through the lockdown and there's been no there's been, if there was clusters and stuff we, we'd have definitely heard about it because yeah like, like you, you, the, you look at the 200 and the 190 three quarters of those would be from um, gatherings in homes yeah but like the so they're not the all they're not all inside in homes on, on their knees to, saying decades of the rosary I'd suggest you know yeah but like but the point I texted about was the current clusters the big numbers that this current outbreak it all started above in the meat plants above in Kildare and the point that I text in about is that those outbreaks happen because in those plants there's a lot of immigrant workers who are paid poorly. Paid crap. No no, yeah. no so sick are, pay. 
they all have to live on top of each other. Living on top of each other, yeah, and bunks, yeah. And yeah. That's, that's down to successive governments doing nothing to address the rental crisis. They've done nothing to address people who have to, immigrants or Irish people who have to work in jobs that are paying so poor that they can't afford a decent standard. Now you're talking. Now, and, and now, and now, and now, are, and now people's eyes are being opened to the amount yeah, of slave labour that exists in this country and the way we treat people. Yeah, but the government have, in the space of a week, have successfully managed to turn the people against each other, make them look at it, oh, it's the young people partying, it's this person going to the pub doing that. It's not, it's down to the meat plants, it's down to basically modern-day slave labour that the government are allowing to happen. They're happy for people to turn each other because it takes the attention away from their attitude. Like, Michal Martin is the Taoiseach. That shouldn't, like, it shouldn't have happened because in the middle of the pandemic, I'm no fan of Leo Varadkar, I can't stand the guy, but he should have been left to continue running the things the way they are. Simon Harris, somehow Stephen Donnelly has made Simon Harris look competent. I didn't think it was possible, but he's actually managed it. Like, and There's an element of truth in what you're saying. Even if you, looked at, the, even if you looked at the 190, nearly 50 of them are in Kildare. I would suggest, sorry, 40, yeah, nearly 50 are in Kildare. And I would suggest that number is very much still related to meat plants. Would you? Yeah, because, they, oh, but of course, because the household breaks that you're speaking of, they're not host artists. They're host breaks from some poor fella coming home, breaking his back in a meat plant all day, coming into a house where there could be 20 of them living on top of each other in a three or four bedroom house because that's all they can afford together when they pool their yeah, money yeah, together. Yeah, I get you. Living in crap condition and then you have a, an outbreak of 10 or 20 in a house that's not a house party like and Michal Martin is only the Taoiseach because he knows that this government wouldn't last two and a half years and he was desperate to be Taoiseach and it, it just messed things up even more than what they were and now you have people turning on each other oh look, look at Johnny down the road having it is eight people in his house ring the guards yeah, but it's not, the guards the it's not about the aid it's not about the aid it's about the video at the weekend from the Dublin pub it's the house parties and areas it's the COVID-19 pandemic payment parties it's all that stuff you yeah know? but the, 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 like those those parties again where were all the outbreaks from Neil you, you would actually you know something you're right you, even when people go on yeah you, you had people on the, the, the air back in May and now take out the anti-social side of it for the residents and that's, that's a different argument they were on about all the college students arriving in from different counties having all these parties do you think if there was COVID outbreaks in those parties that we wouldn't have heard about it we didn't see a spike you, you, we didn't speak, I see a spike in Cork in it, spite of those exactly. parties so why has the spike happened? I, I mean here I am defending the, here I am defending the college students and the, the COVID-19 payment yeah, parties yeah because they're only doing look I'm not going to come on the radio and condemn be a hypocrite and condemn, condemn young people for parting and enjoying themselves the way people have all the time they, they, you know, they, they haven't caused an outbreak but the government are happy because people they've convinced people that it's young people because it's under fact it's most people in working in the meat plants so it's, it's young right. people working there like okay. and then young people are going to look at it they're going to p- look at the odds and go the odds are I'm going to be unlucky if I catch this I'm going to be even extra unlucky if I get very sick from it and then they're looking at other young people that apparently they have it, but they have no symptoms. So they're going to go, sure, he won't even be sick. Like, and, but they've managed to turn everyone and everyone else. And that's like, what and, they've played and, a blinder doing, and, the government turning people against each other yeah. and directing the uh, attention they, away they, from the they, real they, issue. What is the real, what is the real issue? We, I know we've covered it. Slave labor, awful working conditions, horrible living conditions, direct provision centers, um, you know, the vulnerability of the aged and the elderly in nursing homes and things like that, isn't it? It is. Like, okay. what happened in the nursing homes was a scandal, but they've turned around and go, oh, we don't even need to investigate that because it would make them look, it would make them look bad. Okay. Because it just, it just comes down, turn the people on each other and, and, and then they'll forget about all the, all the, like, there's people who come on and tell you the government have done a good job. It's ridiculous. All right. Thanks. Like. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thank no you. No matter, Neil. Thank you. Stay in touch. Uh, Breda says Neil is incorrect.
uh, Breda says, uh, I have American cousins. Uh, she says, has, she has American cousins with her who are staying with her for the next few weeks. They've been with her for a few weeks now and they've been having a great time of it. She's uh, into her 80s and going touring around Ireland with them for the next few weeks. They flew firstly into Belfast. Well, there you have it. I wonder, does anybody look at them strange um, when they hear their accents in public, though, or as you head up the west of Ireland? And if you're in your 80s now, where are you going to stay if, for instance, it's recommended that you don't stay in hotels? I mean, is a hotel different to a B&B? Um, Maybe you have a camper van, I'm not quite sure. After being cocooning for a long time, my husband booked a table for a big birthday for me. I was in the horrors at the thought of going into a pub, but at the same time, I was excited. The name of the pub was the Hunter's Rest in Mitchellstown. I needn't have worried at all. What a relaxed, well-run, clean and friendly setup it was. We were well apart from everyone else. The staff never stopped cleaning and sanitizing. The food in the Hunter's Rest was 100%. A wonderful experience. It was so good that we are returning the weekend after next. I just thought I'd text to thank all of the staff and management as they were all hands on deck, says Angela. That's what I'm talking about. We want to hear of the more positive, happy experiences. And you can text 0868104106 or email neil at redfm.ie. Cure is an awful lot worse than the disease. I appreciate that if you are at least willing to uh, put other people's views forward, I hope that would, this will lead you to become to becoming the show to listen to for honest debate. Well, well, so do I. I'm willing to share with you my number, but I'm not willing to go on air. But my wife is nervous at the prospect and also for the welfare of our children, as my voice would be recognisable to people I meet. I'm not a conspiracy theorist or, as it seems to be common to label, right wing. I'm just a family man who's lived in Cork for over 20 years and loves the people. I'm heartbroken, though, to see the social divisions that have been created and the isolation and fear that has emerged because of the restrictions placed on the population of Ireland. I feel that people who read mainstream newspapers or watch the likes of RTE are not getting access to the whole story. Because of that, they're not able to form an accurate vein of opinion of what's going on around them. People are just doing their best to protect themselves and their families, but only based on the knowledge they are given. I honestly believe that people... Who, who can should question the government's actions and the spin being put out and look deeper into the figures. They should see for themselves whether they are justified in continuing with these draconian measures. Also, although cases are up, this is because testing has increased. This is borne out by the waiting time for results, which is now up to four days. The testing the HSE uses has been questioned about its fitness. The death count since May has gone down to very low numbers, despite the government adding late notified cases on some days, but the media don't report these numbers as such. You can access the information quite freely from the government's own website. It honestly makes me cry to see what's been done to this country in the space of six months. To see people out of work and afraid is horrible. To see children wearing masks by scared parents and the elderly isolated from family. People are afraid. The cure that they are using for this is much worse than the disease. Uh, Would you see your arm chopped off for a broken finger? Uh, please don't give out my personal details. And that by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. We'll leave it there, guys. So watch out for that storm and the big winds on the way. Have a good day and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.